welcome to the one one. I am BJ Ryan, episode one hundred and sixty eight, partnering with Betfair. That's don't bet harder, bet smarter at Betfair. And alongside me, as always, is the one, the only Perth racing guru, Terry Layton. G'day, Terry. G'day, BJ. How are you? Very good. Very well. Very well. Very well. Yes. Yeah. So you're wearing your uh, Eagles jersey here today? <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's not really. I've honest. got my Eagles hat though. Oh, you are. You have got your Eagles hat. Isn't that funny? A hat with no yellow and blue. Yeah. So stealth. Yeah, it is stealth, isn't it? I think that's the best way to support him at the moment. <laughs> closet, closet supporting. I'll be there on Saturday evening. I think I might be too. I'm. Yeah, I'm not sure. Very good. Yes, I'm going. Uh, I think I'm going with my dad and my daughter Isabel's coming along. So, yeah, uh, looking forward to uh, seeing us taking on the Bombers. Hopefully a couple of experienced players back in and uh, might stem the bleeding a bit. But, um, yeah, it's unlikely to be very pretty. Just wish it was around 19 or 20 <laughs> this, this stage of the year. We're just talking about it off air. We're both in the same boat. I'm glad you're in the same boat as me. Everyone seems to be talking about Let's say we do finish last mm-hmm. and we'll get back on track very quickly. But, um Let's say we do finish last. Everyone's saying, oh, we've got to re- quick, uh, hasten the rebuild and trade pick one for three picks in the top 15 or whatever you, yeah. you get for it. I'm thinking if this kid's as good as they're saying, give us give us hope instead of taking three sort of guesses. Guesses. Mm-hmm. Like just if they if this kid and if we're our recruiters, then again, maybe we should use other people's recruiters and not ours. <laughs> yeah. It's that good. Just give us how exciting next season will it be, knowing we might have another tough season, round one. We've got the number one pick. Route. Yeah, and, but not just pick. the number one pick, but one that like from more than a year out people have been talking about. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of not trading it and building a team around him. Yeah, I think if you go back through our recent draft history, you'll, we've had more misses than hits, so I think. Did you uh, call it dog, dog <laughs> shizzle? Dog shizzle. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, but uh, yeah, episode 168, Terry, and this is our, as we mentioned last week, this is our last one before a break. We're going to sit out the Belmont season and um, and potentially come back when racing returns to Ascot in the spring. But we'll keep all it's our, sad, isn't it? It's we'll keep better. all our listeners uh, posted with our with our movements. So. It's a long hiatus. We took six weeks off uh, start of this year, roughly yep. over school holidays. Yeah, over school holidays, and um, yeah, you just sort of 168. That's over three. years years of episodes it's it's become a bit of a staple of our lives to some degree isn't it the thursday morning recording so absolutely um yeah we hope the yeah six or seven people my mum will be flat because yeah, i know she's one of the six yeah <laughs> <laughs> bernie will definitely care <laughs> dad still hasn't worked out how to actually get it uh on his like on his phone What's a spotify <laughs> so I, kind I, of gouts. i have to send him the uh the link every every Friday. <laughs> He's a superstar. He's a superstar, Bernie. Speaking of superstars, can't wait. We got yeah. we got Darren McCauley, the voice, yeah. coming up on the one one. What a uh, what a shout out by you to suggest during the week that we should we should grab uh, Darren for uh, for chat and uh, for a chat, and he agreed to give us some of his time. So can't wait for that one. No, I'm I'm very much looking forward to that. I don't think there's probably a more um, I don't know, well-spoken, colourful – well, there's probably many colourful characters in this type of game. But, mm. uh, yeah, he is – he's been through it all, hasn't he? He's been around for many a generation. There's a lot to – I'm looking forward to – obviously, my knowledge of the racing industry doesn't go as far back as yours. I don't have the – Sort of same fame, same family history in the game in that sense. So I'm I'm just looking forward to listening and hearing and and just sort of understanding how the game sort of changed in his time. Yeah, and I know that I imagine there's lots of people within the industry who probably never actually spoken to Darren, but they they, well, we, they know him. They, yeah. yeah, yeah, they feel like they 100%. they know him intimately because of um he's such a 
in such a huge part of any W Racing fans lives so yeah can't wait to uh, to speak to Darren uh, congratulations you had a winner at Belmont yesterday <laughs> <laughs> oh my god isn't that wasn't that PRG funny, bloodstock eh? just yeah, uh, yeah. skyrocketing Hey. Do you have something on the fours to tens list? <laughs> oh, God. First I actually, ball? I thought I had it like 30 to one. I actually had it eight bucks. So I could have justified a bet, but dearie me, I, I wasn't very close to backing first law yesterday. And I, and I know that you have been very bullish on this young man's um, ability to ride winners. Mm, I have. Been. I, I, you've been, you were early. Oi, oi, oi. You were very early on this. Uh, oi, oi, oi. Aussie, Austin Galati. Uh, double. Was that his first double at Belmont? I'll give a little. Yesterday? I'll better give a little shout out to Brad there. Actually, Brad Luke Manus, our mate, because uh, do, a he, few months ago he, he sort of said these? he's riding. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. He's riding a few uh, winners, and I said, "Oh God, my memory from Aussie a year ago was Aussie struggle horses didn't go for him tactically was battling, etc. He was just a, for me a steer clear of jockey to be honest. Mm. And um, I still think the funny thing about Aussie Galati's riding tactically, I reckon he's. He's a long way to go. Like I don't think he rides horses. He doesn't. He usually he will often get pulled deep. He'll yeah. get stuck. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Horses don't travel better for any jockey. I love it. Perth, including William Pike. I reckon. Like have a look at Tin Chook's victory yesterday. Where's the trumpet actually for that one? Uh, have a look at Tin Tin Chooks. Yeah, Tin Chooks. <laughs> um, and. And have a look at the ride. It's a, it's a shocker. Like, it's a shocker. But horses love him. Whatever he's doing in the saddle. And you you mentioned it. I, I, well, we spoke about how Maddie Derrick had that period. Yeah. Well, we used to call that on the podcast, Maddie Land. Yeah. She'd sit three deep, sometimes four deep, no cover. But the way she allowed horses to run in, whatever she was doing in the saddle, horses loved her. Jade McNord's apprenticeship, mm-hmm. um, I, I was very strong on that. I think Jade tactically was probably a better ride than both of those at that point in time. Um, she'd often also have them in good positions, but she could have them in ugly positions, and horses just loved her. And they just run for run for. It's the just fa- I find that aspect of the game so fascinating. What they do differently, or why they can put. I just think if you put this will sound funny. You put Pike on Tim Chooks and give her the run it had. I don't know if it wins. Interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just, I just horses just love him for whatever reason. How long that will last, I don't know. How long until he sort of gets a few things coached into him, which change that, I don't know. But yeah. um, Aussie is, yeah. Aussies, Aussies, my man. Yeah, and with Luke Campbell uh, riding in Victoria, this riding in Melbourne for his new bosses, the Maran Eustace Camp, this Saturday. And I'm not sure what's happening with Taj Dyson. He might be on the move as well, but that creates a big opening for some junior apprentices to start. Well, and the of two course, Aussie, not, yeah. Aussie and Braden are the two, aren't yeah. they? They're the two that what, are um, what riding I appre- in the country. What I appreciated yesterday is uh, Scenic Eclipse, Aussie Galati and uh, Bleecker Street, Chris Parnham settled down to fight it out. Chris has got the stick out. Um, bit strong, uh, balanced, you know, and then Aussie's just like, no, nah, I think I'm just going to put the stick away here. Hands and heels. It was one of the Tell great you. flexes of all time. All these senior jockeys are coming at him left, right, and center. Aussie's had the gumption to put the stick away, hands and heels to the wire. No dramas. Rare, no rare occasion. I was. Um, <laughs> I wasn't so happy to see Aussie get up. I wasn't part of that uh, big move. Twenties oh. into sixes. I was. Um, I had Bleecker Street very short. I was very keen Bleecker Street. So I was the other end. I missed out on that Aussie success, unfortunately. But that's a funny old race to mm. dissect the market. So it's been backed as if unbeatable. There was a couple of horses that could have gone forward and. Every single nobody wanted to. I don't know. Nothing the draw, map was the map seemed it, very yeah. predator. They yeah. yeah. Anyway, Sandy Eclipse is a nice horse, so um, and when he found the front like that, and and I thought the only jockey to really uh, 
I don't know. In, in that sense, I, I thought that Chris Palmer's ride on Bleecker Street was was bang on in mm. regards to there wasn't that much speed in the race. I've got a breeze. I think they would have preferred cover with Bleecker Street. Sure. It'll be a nicer horse going forward. But yeah, good on him. And his other ride for the day ran second at 50 to 1. I think he had three rides. A winner at 20s, a winner at, well, Seven bucks in the that end. That horse was called Adelante. 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 Adelante's just <laughs> been battling in um, York and stuff. It's just, yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah, good on you, Ozzy. It's good to mm. see uh, a, new, a new new name, a new face sort of uh, rising to the occasion because we need we need it, that's for sure. Um, and we've had the recent addition of Michael Poy, of course, coming over from Victoria to try and Sean O'Donnell back. Sean O'Donnell was back. He picked his pocket, actually, Ozzy, didn't he? Yeah. Black for cash was home for the world. That's right. Yeah. Um, so, yes, uh, the more, the merrier, and um, looking forward to seeing Ozzy Galati um, continue his, uh, his rise through the ranks. So, um, not much more to cover in our nah. preamble, I don't think, Guru. Let's get to the main attraction. All right, let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll be chatting to the man. Darren McCauley. Terry, an absolute treat to have the legend of WA Racing himself, Darren McCauley, joining us on the show today. Welcome to the 1-1, Darren. Good on you. Thanks indeed, BJ. It's a real pleasure, actually, for me to join you two fellas this morning as well to, to talk all things racing. So uh, thanks for the invitation. <laughs> uh, obviously, Darren, you, uh, as you know, Terry and I are both um, passionate and uh, WA racing fans and uh, I guess your voice is all we've ever really known so um, yeah it'd be, be great we, we often listen to you tell the stories of others throughout the industry and we'd like to give you this opportunity to tell your own story Darren. Yeah it's very good of you too and I, I suppose when I think back about it now after all of these years being involved in the racing industry Britt Taylor said to me one day we we're having a chat at the races and she said you know one thing and I didn't really think too much about this at the time uh, until much later. She said, you've been the soundtrack to my life because of her involvement in racing. She said, from the day that I was born, and I do remember heralding Brittany into the world on Channel 10. I was reading the sport there at that particular time on the weekends, and her dad, Jim, had just won the Ascot Gold Cup on Flying Graw for her grandmother, Lois. And, of course, Jim rushed uh, there to see... um, the, the arrival of Brittany into the world and, and we all heard about that and mentioned it that evening and as she said for the next 28 years that's the voice that I've become most familiar with uh, listening to replays and watching the races live over all of you know the best part of three decades so I think that was quite nice of her to, to mention that to me I as I said didn't think too much about that at the time but then later on I was sitting there just pondering and thinking how many years have gone since I I first started calling. Yeah, I, I know I texted you about this last night, Darren, but um, one of my earliest memories of you was dad. my dad dragged me along to a function at the Ascot Inn. It was raising money and it was a Calcutta of some sorts and um, you came up with the greatest race never run um, and you said it was a I think, I think it was a mile wait for age race at Flemington and you had Farlap and Tullock and Kingston Town, Gunsey and all the greats and um, – I'll never forget it. The, the horse that actually won the race was a horse called Burnborough, the Toowoomba Terror. And um, I remember leaving there asking my dad, like, who Burnborough was because I'd never heard of Burnborough at that stage of my, yes. of my <laughs> life. And I was talking to my pop and telling him the story, and he um, he then went out and went to Gannon's and um, Middies and purchased the Burnborough biography for me or the book and uh that was one of, that was what, probably my the first horse i ever fell in love with so uh, yeah, yeah, well, BJ, you, that's right because 
Yeah, well, that's the thing. I was raised on those names. I mean, you go back and, and, and Burn Brewer and, and Farlap, of course, uh, was the preeminent of all and, and everything was based around the foundations of Farlap or I guess if you were into your racing history, you'd go back and you might want to know a bit more about Archer, um, you know, our, our first Melbourne Cup winner. And and history in racing has always been very important to me. And, and those horses that you mentioned there, whether it be a Burnborough, you know, the uh, Toowoomba Tornado, as he was known, and, and just reading everything that I could about him and his powerhouse blistering finishes and, and how the crowds used to erupt when he stormed a victory with Apple Mully in the saddle. Mm. Um, and, you know, then hearing about Tullock and, and so forth and, and the great mere light fingers during the 1960s and so on and so on. And so you, you develop this very romantic notion of racing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, probably more so than what we experience today. But, I, yeah, I do remember that now. I, I know that you uh, raised that and I thought, boy, I can't remember. I've done so many phantom calls. And um, I, I do sort of start to remember things as you unlock the chambers in your mind over the years about things that you've done. And, and those phantom calls, they were the start for me. I used to do those in the Grand Hotel as a kid, 13, 14 years of age, <laughs> at uh, the late Jack Young's Grand Hotel in Hannon Street on a Friday night. I'd go there and have a bit of uh, a muck around and call phantom races and, and earn a few you know, coins along the way. And, and it was just good fun and it, uh, it helped you interact with the crowd and and, um, you know, just get confidence, I think, in, in something that you wanted to do. So it was a nice platform, and here I am doing them all these years later. I'm doing a few more over the weekend, working with Stevie J, um, uh, who's over here for the for the couple of, next couple of days to do a few functions. So uh, they, they all want phantom calls included in the particular functions. So you have a bit of fun with them, and it's it's good for people to get involved. Well, yeah, I suppose that's what we wanted to, to know, Darren. Like, how did, a, how did a kid from Kalgoorlie become the voice of WA Racing? Well, it started with my dad, uh, who was uh, initially apprenticed to Reg Trafone around at the Aquanita era, and he was always going to get a bit too big, and I, I don't know too much about uh, dad's life beyond that, other than he was a pretty accomplished horseman and finished up as a linesman in Kalgoorlie, where he had met mum, and um, you know, subsequently I came along in 63, and he, he continued to have a, a strong involvement with trainers writing work for them, as well as going to do his own job as a, as a liney. So... Um, Horses were always close to us in the backyard, and, and I was just absolutely besotted by them. And, and when I went to the races for the first time, um, probably as a five or a six-year-old, and sat down at the ledger on the home turn at Kalgoorlie, and just the power and the enormity of horses and the, the colours and the, the, the yelling and the theatre of uh, the jockeys, you know, hustling and bustling when they were kicking off that corner, and I'd sit there and, and then get on my bike and ride back home, you know. It was a very free and easy life as a kid growing up but once I was there and I saw that and I experienced that I was bitten well and truly and I finished up becoming the flag boy at the races at about eight years of age working there with the KBRC um, just holding a flag it was a rickety old set of starting gates they hadn't if there was ever the uh, prospect of a false start I'd have to wave it down I never did that in a couple of years and then one day uh, a guy that you know, BJ Tommy Graham, the Irishman who uh, went so close to winning the cup in, in 70, I think was it 74 or 274, I think it was when Allegation beat Kabuki. He'd led all the way and got beaten in the last stride. Um, Tom finished up riding in Kalgoorlie and he became such an important part of my early life, uh, my development and in understanding racing. And I was his valet, uh, a job that you would have done yourself, no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and you learn more in that jockey's room about anything else. It is an education in itself. And Tommy and the other jockeys there gave me that education. 
and I was privileged enough to be the first valet in Kalgoorlie ever. Uh, and I worked there till I was 14, looking after Tom's gear and a lot of the other visiting jockeys from interstate that came across. And, um, you know, that could have been like a, a Mick Gorham or a Mel Shoemaker or uh, a Neville Voigt, uh, any of those, Peter Cook. And I, I got to ex- meet them and, and uh, just put their gear together on race days. And, and I, I then, you know, knew that it was time to go to the next step and that was to start honing my craft as a broadcaster, which I really wanted to do. Who, who do you think um, – who was the inspiration for you to, to start calling races and, and who did you model, I guess, your, your calling style off? There were a, a number of them. And, and, of course, back in uh, when I was uh, growing up through the 70s, BJ and, and Terry was uh, radio. That was the only medium unless you went home on a Saturday night and you watched Max Simmons present today in racing from Ascot or Belmont. He'd rush back from the Metropolitan Courses and you'd get to see the last four – 100 metres of every race and Max would talk over them and that was the only time that you really got to see race vision so everything was built around the trust of the radio and the commentator and I think it was because of their depiction of racing how they could create the imagery of what was going on that sold us all of us all of us kids in Cal growing up we're all racing fans most of my mates today um, still with us are still deeply interested or passionate and have been all their lives because of horse racing and I'd listen in the car to, you know, there were a number of them. Uh, Max was, I guess, one of my great mentors and became a very, very strong influence in my life through it when I eventually got to Perth. But interstate, you'd be listening to the likes of Bert Bryant. You'd be listening to Bill Collins in Sydney, uh, John Tapp, uh, who I became great friends with over the years. And I probably modelled myself more on Tappy than anyone just because of his innate ability to be able to connect and describe uh, what was going on there with that magnificent sense of theatre uh, in a more modern kind of a way. Uh, Ian Craig, uh, one of nature's absolute gentlemen, I had the pleasure of calling alongside when I did a little stint in Sydney um, some time ago. Uh, they were probably the, the more instrumental and influential figures. And, and even, I guess, although I've been calling for a long time, I was always a wonderful admirer of Greg Miles and 36 Melbourne Cups said it all, and Brian Martin, these great commentators um, that we, we had the pleasure of listening to. And, of course, even Matty Hill today. Matt, I'm just a massive fan of the work that he brings uh, to continuing the craft. So, so where did you get your big break, Darren? Were you were you like a cadet at a radio station? What what's the what, what was the pathway for you from from um, from Kalgoorlie to to the airwaves? What happened was when Mum and Dad separated. I was about sixteen, Fiji, uh, and I I was sort of a bit lost. I was playing a lot of sport, football, and cricket in the gold fields, as most of us did. Are you um, any good? And, uh, oh yeah, I was okay. Yeah. I was okay. Uh, yeah, I had a reason. Got a few kicks. Yeah, yeah, cobbled a few. Um, Are you playing for the Eagles at the moment? <laughs> uh, I could nearly get a game for the Eagles <laughs> yeah, right at the moment, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't dare pull on the blue and yellow. I'm sorry, Terry. I'm a doctor <laughs> through and through, as you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm, uh, I, blue, I, I bleed purple. We probably need uh, to wind this up then, I suggest. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I'm not going to rub it in. That's a very short term outlook, I would have thought, Darren, but that's a, that's a, that's a conversation for another day. I think it might day. be more long. 
it might be more long term. <laughs> the way things are going to be It's hard, it's hard to argue with yeah, the minute, absolutely. But yeah, you know, to, to get it back on track, I suppose um, the the break came uh, who through the Lord Mayor of Cal at the moment, Johnny Bowler, who became a a great friend and um, I guess a, a mentor for me. He was a, a journalist at the Kalgoorlie Miner. I, I got a job uh, as a postman. I was pretty fit back in those days and we'd have the push bike and we'd ride for miles and miles. And, and you know, I, I had a, a very famous round that I used to deliver the mail on, um, which is a story for another day. And and then... <laughs> I think um, we need to hear that one now, <laughs> Well, it was a good story. Well, I'll tell you something. It, it, that, it did sort of teach you a lot about life, uh, the, the famous... Hay Street Bordellos of Cal, I was their postman, and I, <laughs> I, I finished up. I, I finished up um, uh, running their bets at the TAB shop at the Starangata Hotel. Uh, you know, I'd be down there buying their darts and, and and things like that, just because they were in a containment policy. When I was their go-to guy, a 16, 17 year old, and, and one of the madams there finished up telling me some great racing stories about her. Her biological father, who was a famous famous identity in Sydney, who owned a Golden Slipper winner, and and of course historically and famously, I suppose, threw money to the crowd when it won. It was back in the sixties. I don't need to name anyone there in this story, but that's what was told to me. Um, and so I, I had this incredible education, you know, life education in the goldfields, and and then Johnny Bowler got me a job writing racing at the Cal Miner, and, and then there was an opportunity when the uh, local handicapper Jimmy Steinhauser gave away handicapping because they did that locally in those days and and he was pr- presenting sport as, as a journal at the minor and he retired and, and they gave me the gig and I worked with a bloke on air called Brian Dennis who famously became Kevin Bloody Wilson and we used to do three <laughs> days a week together. That's and, great. And then I, yeah, look, it was, you know, I, I was kissed on the backside really. Oh, I mean, to, to work with these guys and, and the first ever commercial TV station outside of Perth was set up in in Cal, it was um, a forerunner to GWN in VEW8, and we had our own racing and footy shows, and I was part of all of that. So by the time I got to Perth, when I was 18 going on 19, I'd had a fair foundation uh, working within the media, and I was pretty confident in my abilities at that time, having grown up with a lot of older people who were encouraging in what I was wanting to do. And my first call, which went to 6PR, who were the broadcasters of racing in the day, was a sprint race, and it was two very good horses. One, the star from Cal called Martremo, the other from Perth called Blue Portal, and they went head and head. And I called that race. It was the only race broadcast back to PR that day, and I got the, the race right, uh, a photo result, and John K. watched the legendary radio footballing star, was listening with his wife at the time, Dale, and, and not long after I got a phone call to express an interest in getting me to Perth. So... That, that's how it really all started. An opportunity came up. Rick Rogers, who was the head of sport at PR at the time, called me and said, we'd like to get you down here. I I came to Perth and um, had a meeting with the management at 6PR and uh, Trevor Jenkins was calling at the time. He was the senior commentator and had some great callers around in those days, uh, Johnny Hunt and, and uh, Stewie Shetton at the peak of his powers and, was, and Stuart was, Lowe. Uh, and, was George Gulisic around then? Darren? Yeah, he was. In yep. fact, yeah, I, I did. I applied for a job at the ABC at one stage before then, and I got down to the last couple as a sports presenter. I was more interested in wanting to be involved in horse racing, and a guy called Mike McCann got the job there, and he stayed with the ABC for the next 30 years or thereabouts, a very good broadcaster. 
that George uh, took me under his wing when I got to Perth as well, and I I um, learned a lot from George. Um, luckily, not his colourful vernacular. <laughs> <laughs> Did um, so so what 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 happened next? You obviously there was uh, I, I, from my memory, it felt like mid nineties was when you kind of took took the reins as the as the main sort of yeah. caller within within Western Australia. Yeah, that's right. Well, I got a job also working with Channel 10. Stewie Joint, head of news there, got me reading some uh, sport and doing a day a week with Ian Brayshaw and a very young Tim Gossage at the time and, and also um, another a bloke who could play a little bit of cricket reasonably well called Adam Gilchrist. We're all doing a day a week at the 10 Network and doing sport and I was reading on the weekends and um, then they wanted to start getting involved in racing and they uh, got me to be their commentator and, and racing presenter. And so that was around 1992. But I've been calling the trots at Gloucester Park as the senior harness commentator from about 1983, I think, for memory. I went through that lovely era with, uh, you know, the, the village kid, pro Chevalier era, that time. So I was fortunate to get a really good 10 years. And I started calling, I think, in 1992, the thoroughbreds. I'd always gone back to Kalgoorlie every season to call the races there. Um PR took on that role not long after I actually got to Perth, so it was a blessing, really. I'd do the trots three nights a week and then do Kalgoorlie on a Saturday, and then I finished up being the man in the mounting yard with Stewie Shetton calling, and I was doing the interviews, and we had a great relationship, Stewie and I, and it was always very sad to me what happened to him at the end of it all, uh, through the last part of his calling years. Um, so he, he got... Um, sicker with his illness uh, as time went on and, and I finished up doing more and more and more racing and then um, on the eve of, I think it must have been a winter bottom stake so I got the call at Gloucester Park one night to go to the races and, and that's when everything changed for me permanently and um, I, I finished up taking on that role as the senior thoroughbred commentator until today of course so it's it's been a, a really good ride, a ride of about 30 years doing the thoroughbreds. I really appreciate the fact that you've you sort of lived through, I guess the, you know, you caught the, I guess the back end of the seventies, maybe, you know, yeah, uh, I did. through yeah. to through the absolute uh, halcyon wild west days of the eighties, nineties. Yep. Like you've got this such a long, rich history of being at the the coalface of West Australian racing, and um, feels like a book could be on the cards, Darren. I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> well, it has been asked of me whether I'd sit down and and pen some notes, and it. It's certainly something that will be entertaining to me, I guess, when I eventually step away from the microphone. And, you know, when that day comes, I'm not really sure at the minute. I'm still enjoying it enormously, uh, what I do. But um, I was very lucky to catch the golden era. Um, I was able to get to Perth, go to the races a number of times there through the late 70s and, and watch good mates like Dave Rudman win the Cup uh, on Golden Centre, uh, you know, as a as a kid, and, and and Dave was a kid, and we became good mates through the years. I met a lot of these boys when they came to Kalgoorlie to ride at one stage or another. Um, Stephen Miller was another of them too that you know remains a mate these days. But um, through the uh, period of the eighties, you know, you had the the Holmes Accord era, the the, the Connell era, um, and and it was just extraordinary to go to the races, you know. You had Miller still riding at the peak of his powers. You had a, the Rocketman Kemp come on the scene and their battles. Uh, Ian Albuino was at the, the peak of his powers as well. Had a very strong list of riders in our, our jockey ranks. And um, racing 
for me was like going to the theatre and I was lucky enough to be there mm-hmm. in the bookmaker's ring reporting all the wagering that was going on, doing the interviews in the mounting yard and just trying to bring that, I guess, tapestry of racing to the airwaves at the time because it was so important. And just to be there, you couldn't wait to get to the races. You couldn't wait to go through the turnstiles. You couldn't wait for the next race to come to see, you know, all the urges and the the bowlers (laughs) coming in and hunting on behalf of, you know, the big names. And, you know, money was no object back in those days. It, It ended all in tears for a number of people, but, um, it was it was an, an amazing era, not always for the best reasons, I might add, because yeah. there were some very colourful, I use in inverted commas, characters um, back in that period that, that probably discredited racing as much as it was enjoyable with all the theatre that was going on. So, yeah, you're right. Uh, then we went through that really dull period, I thought. Um, it fell flat through the, you know, um, oh, I guess the, the behaviour of a lot of people who, who were just milking whatever they could get out of the game mm-hmm. and, and racing suffered, I think, from a credibility point of view until about 2000 when Northerly came along and, and that's when things changed. Uh, he he effectively pulled racing up by its bootstraps at that particular time and gave it back its credibility again. And I'm, glad, think, you I'm know, glad you mentioned that, Darren, because yep. that was such a turning point um, for, for, for us. He, the fighting tiger he wore the west australian colors he just he was just the best and but he sort of he just inspired everyone this this side of the nullarbor that like we could do it and we could compete and that you know it just yeah. just injected so much life into wa racing that horse he certainly did well we were lucky enough because we've always had you know we i think we've fought well above our our weight uh, class. Uh, when we, our horses have gone into state we've had the you know some great horses go there uh, you know you go back to Say and I wasn't around really to understand it, but Aquanita uh, w- would have been one of those. And then through the period that we best know, um, I was lucky enough to, you know, follow the pathway of Wally Mitchell's Placid Arc. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, Barossa Boy was such a star when he went over there uh, with Bobby Taylor. Um, you know, then you had the likes of Miss Andretti go there from Dave Newell and Friedman, um, and then what Dan Morton did with Scenic Blast and Scenic Shot. And so on and so on. And but but when Northerly came along, well, that was the game changer. That's when we got credibility back. That's when they started to take us seriously again. And he he really did carry this state on his back, as well as the weight that he was asked to carry in a Caulfield Cup and win. And he did it successfully. And he gave our racing industry back what it had lost so sadly. You yeah. just mentioned some in- incredible names. Um uh, just then over the journey, would Northerly be the best racehorse you've seen purely from a racing sense if I had to put you on the spot and ask you for one? Um, yeah, that's a difficult one because whilst I wasn't calling at the time I, I, and I didn't know how good Northerly was going to be cut, you know, in 2000 when he won that railway stakes when Dashing Dan rode him, no one knew what was going to happen next. It just sort of all unfolded in these glorious chapters of the turf over the next few years. But my... I guess most treasured memory was I became friends with a guy by the name of Russell Smith, who was the travelling foreman for Tommy Smith. And and when Kingston Town came here in 82 to run in the Western Mail Classic, I was able to give Russ a bit of a hand um, each day. The King had a crook leg, as most people knew. But it was through the efforts of Marjorie Charleston to get Tommy and David Haynes to bring him across here and win the race and... Of course, never race again after it. But 
you know, we were running ice buckets from down at the Ascot in Stewie Dyke at the hotel at the time, and we were running these empty molasses buckets down there so the king could stand in them throughout the day just to keep any heat out of his leg. And, I mean, it was remarkable to be a part of that and to go down most mornings and, you know, pat the big black horse on the head and, and then go and watch him do what he did that particular day. And I personally wrote to Perth Racing, WATC, for years to get that race named in his honour. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I started to have some level of influence and, and credibility about what I was doing and had gone through a period of different names and they were just absolute crap names for a group one race. They were. They were. Uh, it was an insult, you know, I mean, you know, to, to, to win a group one race called the Fruit and Bed yeah. or you know, the, the Beat Diabetes <laughs> or, or whatever. Please spare me days. Um, and then they changed it to the Kingston Town and it gave that race enormous credibility. So I must admit... It was bittersweet when they renamed it for last year, the Northerly, because yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I much would have preferred that race called the Gold Rush to be called the Northerly because it starts virtually in front of where Northerly Lodge is yeah. at the 1400. Yeah. Um, that that would have been the race for me. And then to retain the Kingston town, but um, sort of far more um, smarter people than me decided otherwise. and and that Northerly's name needed to be associated with that race, and, and which I find ironic because he never ran in it. Mm-hmm. So it was always a bit bizarre. But, you know, what's what's in a name, as they say. What about the corker, um, Darren? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a great day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what about as a race was, name? <laughs> oh, I, I know you're winding me up. Uh, <laughs> no, no, we're with you, I think, Darren. We're with you. I no, think, no, I think no, no, no. No, I, I, look, I, I don't like the name, as um, most people know. Um, I, I, look, it's marketers and promoters these days, they come from a different way of thinking. They don't have a I, – I guess it's the way that modern-day racing and pop-up races are going, where they've got to come up with a quirky name. Mm. Um, but I don't know. I just think – they still have to have a level of prestige about them, and and it might be fun. And no, you know, I we are, that, I think we that, all agree that, with that, you that, for sure. That, that furry overgrown rat um, <laughs> that is on Rottnest Island, it, it gets its head on the TV all the time with different you know organisations like HBF and Co. And everyone thinks that's they're enough. warm and fuzzy. Well, that's great, you know. Yeah. Anyway, that's, that's another story, and it's it's, it's just a, well, it's, it's a great race. I mean, it was a great day. First it was. Race, you get a fantastic job. It certainly yeah. was. Great I can tell you one person that uh, was pretty happy with the naming of the race. My neighbour uh, owns Nail Brewing, and uh, he just released a beer, just coincidentally called the Quokka, um, not long beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, that lined up, and he ended up getting sponsored. Yeah, and it's he, all, uh, he all about the vibe. He might have a bit more. Uh, he might have a bit more influence than uh, than Darren. No, he thought, <laughs> and he thought he was absolutely kissed on the back. I've got no influence. Yeah. We know, we know you have to you have to hit the road. You, you're calling today, and we've got I think we've got three minutes left. So, well, we need to ask about <laughs> yeah. We need to some yeah. of your some, some of your calls fire, over the journey. Fire. Something yeah. uh, you said, Britt asked you, or Britt told you, she basically grew up with your voice. My my partner yeah. asked me not long ago, like who's who's that bloke I always hear in there? Who's she still? She's not a big racing person, so doesn't completely understand. Yeah, yeah. And it actually occurred to me that I probably hear your voice more than anybody else's. I'm doing because <laughs> I obviously we're doing this full time. I'm watching.
watching a hundred replays a day. They're going for a minute and a half a pop. I'm, I'm thinking, geez, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm probably dreaming. But anyway, over the journey, there has you, been you, you poor bastard. Exactly right. Exactly bloody right. Day. Exactly bloody right. Thank you. I was waiting for an apology for about ten years, and I finally got one. Well, over, I feel I do apologise. Some yeah. of your, some of the calls over the journey had just been. Uh, well, most of the calls over the journey have been tremendous. Um, we love them. I need to know some of your one-liners, and it's a question I'd love to ask Dennis Committee as well in, in a similar sense. I think you've both got very similar skill sets in your own codes. Do you come up with any of those one-liners pre-race? So, so the most famous one for me, or the most, I guess, personal one for me, is Dig Deep did that and won over the line in the 2019 Karakata. Um, there's obviously Pikey's, a, a Pikey's, million, pogo, Pikey's stick. pogo stick. Um, d- yeah. Are any of those pre-planned to a degree? No, no, they're not. Um, the the, the, the Pikey pogo no. stick. I, I, I had a flash back when I was a kid, and I had one, and uh, <laughs> I thought, well, he's going to need he, it. How the hell is he going to get out of this pickle that he's in? And and, and Pikey did, but I, I just thought, pink. well, <laughs> he, he, yeah, well, Elite Bell, that was that that was one of my favourites. Uh, yeah. I think delicacy. If you're talking about horses. You know, uh, like that. Oh God, there are so many of them. Um, That's one of my favourite things. Yeah. Delicacy, perfect reflection. Kingston Town, perfect reflection. Yeah. Uh, delicacy, perfect reflection. Don't know. Don't know in the Kingston <laughs> yeah. Town. I've still got friends. Yeah, that if no, I ask them a question and they don't have an answer, they still say to me, "Don't know, don't know." And it's, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. No, there are some. Ba- but you know what? There are some days when you do. And and one of my favourite calls, which goes under the radars a little bit, was the race um, called the CB Cox Stakes back in the time. Uh, now known as the Ted Van Heemst. This is but this is the Fathoms ago, isn't it? Oh no, this is um, it's another one. This is scenic shot Dacker's gem. Uh, they they dead heated right. the race they this did. particular year, and yep. and I I was convinced there was no margin, there was no daylight, and I just declared dead heat, and I had you know no doubt in my mind it was a dead heat. And I turned around and the judges just put up straight away, dead eat. I knew it. And I thought, well, that is something I'm really happy about. And I I'm always will be ever uh, pleased with that call. Um, the, the derby of about 1993, I think it was 1993 or thereabouts. BJ, you can correct me if I'm wrong. It's around that time. Boat. King of Saxony. Oh, yes, yeah. I was, um, um, I, I, that, was, that was my first day working as a, a valet for Stephen and Danny Miller that day. Yeah, well, yeah. well, SJ Road, King of Saxony, That's as you'll right. remember then. Yeah. Um, and, and, um, and David Rutherford was on Bow Art and then the great Nomrud filly. And, oh, boy, tactically, it was a great race to call. It was like watching a chess game unfolding. And I actually heard of, um, a description of it the other day. Someone showed me. They found it somewhere on YouTube. And um, I thought, wow, it, it did revive some great memories. So that was always one of my favourites, that, that particular derby. And I guess when you start working your way through the, the big races that you've described, you you go to 2008 and, and the build-up to the Winterbottom Stakes mm. there that year. Mm. I know it's been spoken about it. Ad nauseum, uh, take-over target, you know, an Apache Cat. Again, tactically, the race, the way it unfolded, the the excitement, the two baldy-faced horses going to the line, there was a centimetre between them. And, it's a rarity and the that crowd. the hype uh, is actually matched by what happens on the racetrack afterwards, isn't it? That you yeah. get all this built yeah. up and then and it does eventuate exactly as uh, as you hope. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So uh, it was just the perfect script. And and that, I think, that race into it. And don't forget, see, Marasco ran 30 that night. Yep. 
So, and he was a superstar. He's one of the best horses that never made it to the absolute top where he should mm-hmm. have been. I don't believe. And oh, he was an excitement machine. Remember the day he went through the running rail? Yeah, yeah. It was at uh, it was it might have been Anzac Day or one of mm-hmm. those days. And Link Robertson rode him, and he he obliterated the fence and still won by seven lengths. Yeah. <laughs> it was just extraordinary. Um, uh, but anyway, look, you know, uh, there's so many of those races along the way, and. Um, I don't know, I think as I get older and towards the back end of it all, you're trying to find something extra. I mean, that, the Quokka there this year, I mean, what what a race it delivered as well. Yeah, didn't absolutely. quite go the way that most of us would have liked, but uh, and for a number of reasons. But anyway, that's racing, as they say, the, the, the punting public and, and race goes purists got what they wanted. From a yeah, from a personal point of view, again, it's just that that race call with uh, fathoms of gold um, kicking clear. Oh, the Frenchman, uh, the Frenchman says, "Oh, of what that is, honestly, because I, I I think of a lot of my larger bets, and I'm more interested. That was a race I didn't have much of an investment in, and just from a view, I, I will always that will always be my favourite race I've watched from a neutral sense, just from so the good. call, the theatre. So uh, it was Pikey chasing him down, just everything about it. That that is and um, yeah. probably will probably always be probably my favourite call." And that's the magic racing, isn't it, when things like that happen. Yeah, yeah it is. Well, how often do you have a Frenchman riding a horse who takes off and does that? <laughs> Just and, to come and, up with au revoir, because you, you probably wouldn't have done a huge amount of thought process into a $200 pom thing. How am I going to get fat in the no. gold? You know, like you haven't. <laughs> Just it was just tremendous. It was like a I don't know. It was like a movie, just 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 shortened to two yeah. minutes or whatever it was. Magic. Okay, it's I'll magic. tell you something else. I'll tell you something else. It's a real good segue to wrapping up this interview too. I might have to say au revoir at a few moments <laughs> because I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to Royal Northern. <laughs> Very good, hey Darren. We, we won't keep you any longer. This has been this has been awesome. We've we've had a great time. We could chat to you for another. Yeah, Thanks half hour, another yeah. hour. But um, thanks again, Darren. Thanks again for uh, for everything that you do for for WA Racing and uh, and the game that we love. Very kind of you. Thank you very much indeed, BJ and, and Terry. It's been an absolute pleasure to join you on your podcast. All the best. Thanks, Darren. Thanks, Darren. Cheers, boys. Good luck. Okay, it's time to partner with Betfair and preview Hyperion Stakes Day. BJ Ryan and Terry Layton teaming up to record episode 168 of the one one this is your west australian racing podcast it's uh just past 11 30 a.m on thursday the 25th of may we got northern today happy float our boat day uh belmont and carnarvon on i Sunday. hope it's not happy float our boat day, to be <laughs> honest with you i'm uh i'm being told it won't be uh belmont carnarvon on saturday Kalgoorlie on Sunday in the Goldfields just to wrap up the weekend. Carnarvon, we, the Narv. The Narv. How, how good the Narv. Looking forward to doing the, the Narv replay. Scotty, I saw you mentioned a few times in a few different spots about uh, the inside pad being off. How's that on the dirt? First up, the inside pad. And Toby Dunn, mm-hmm. uh, one, of the, one of the two men on, on Rushy, mm-hmm. on Mount Rushmore. Tobias. Was, um, Tobias was giving me some, st- some stats that if it rains four days out from a Carnarvon meeting – the rain, because there's slight um, an incline or decline in the track, so the rain pulls. Or, I don't know, certain parts of the track are more, I don't know. Whatever he was telling me, I found fascinating because <laughs> I'm like, how am I ever going to allow for that? But uh, one thing I have found in recent Carnarvon seasons is it's either rail hot or getting out wide has been the better dirt. Yeah. <laughs> is there such thing as the better dirt? I bet, but, yeah, uh, I'm sure there is. It's fascinating. And Carnarvon is the best place to punt where you don't have to spend a huge amount of time, but you just do your replays and you just forgive like shit. A horse gets stuck on the wrong part of the track, kick back in its face, beating 30 lengths. Just pretend like just don't pretend it didn't run. 
and the market always has to pretend it ran. So mm-hmm. the market gives it a big whack. So anyway, like Benny at Carnarvon at times. The now. And I also hate Benny at Carnarvon at times. <laughs> and stay tuned throughout the show for info on how you can enter the market. City meets, get out stakes, jackpot. competition, jackpot. hundred bucks. A hundred bucks. I hate the most of that. Make yeah. sure you spend a hundred too, whoever wins it. I might enter it this week. No, how did you enter it last week? No. No, what were Locke and Brittany doing? Or Jim. Yeah. Jim could have got a Twitter could, account, just could, have a crack. Any margin. Could, could have got 100 feel. links. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and don't forget, we have our uh, Mundaring Hotel W Racing Mastermind competition. Brittany Taylor looking for win number two and to go out, uh, well, to go out two on the bounce, looking for three more to make it uh, number five upon our resumption. Mm-hmm. And, and what a tough guest. Usually you wouldn't go to this type of level of guest at week two. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we thought we're off for a while. Let's, let's get a big name involved. So Scotty Embry. Um, as a great doesn't get much bigger. On. Doesn't no. no, it's the the battle of the mounting yard. Yes. So, yep. <laughs> Emery versus uh, Emery versus Taylor. So dollar ninety a piece. Very good. Okay, it. Uh, well, let's get cracking on this Hyperion Stakes Day preview, and we'll start with the Belmont Track Report, brought to you by Witten's Irrigation and Design. Whether it's racetrack, residential, or commercial, water wisely with Witten's. Thanks, Craig Witten, for uh, all your coming on board the show and all your support uh, in recent months. And uh, the Witten's report reads a little something like, what, Terry, rails out five metres? Yeah, rails been at the five metres. We raced there a couple of times earlier this year, um, January, February type thing. And um, on both occasions, um, it played pretty good to be really close to that fence and closer to the speed. So very light southwesterlies. Uh, should be a good four. Apparently it was a soft six before they started yesterday on Wednesday and it was a good four after race one. So. Mm. I reckon they might have forgot to test the trip before the first race. Um, no, no, Riley the, Morgan, was, Yeah, right. It was Dog. very, very firm last Saturday and the track was very fast, running very Hard fast. Hard and fast, yes. Hard and fast, yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe there will come a time it evens up a little bit more. Um, I think that the race at Ablo won the provincial championship they went quick, final. <laughs> but they, I think overall, they ran, 11, overall time was 11 seconds faster than average for the Belmont 1400 meters. So they were in 122 something. The I think it was only like it was less than a second away from the track record. So the track was pretty, pretty quick, pretty yeah. quick last okay. Sunday. Yeah. Serious win too. Yeah. Rablo. Very, uh, yeah, I'll tell you what, he's absolutely got that humming. Um, I remember it went around second to Hibiscus Lady and I was like, well, it just, and it did, it completely fell in on a Saturday. Mm. Like that was the best it was ever doing at that stage of its career. It was a very slow horse. Um, but yeah, Peter Fern, he's got that ticking over. Like it's runs in Good Cal, or just you know they're just so. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I definitely would be going into the meeting looking just for well drawn uh, on speed runners. But there's a couple of races that have got pretty hectic speed, and and it's a nice uh, it's a nice card with big fields and um, some competitive speed maps. So hopefully that allows us to see a few more ablos and we always love to see a few come from last. Absolutely. Okay, let's get rolling into it, Terry. Race one, 11.59 a.m. start. It's the Vale, Kevin Allen Plate. Kevin, of course, was a trainer down in Albany in the Great Southern. He's been around racing all his life and uh, yeah, sad loss for him recently to the industry and our condolences to the family, Leanne Haller, of course, his partner and everyone down in the Great Southern, especially who worked with Kevin closely and um, honoring him in the first event of the day. This is the two-year-old plate over the 1200 meters. 
Well said, BJ. Uh, it is. It's an interesting little uh, event to kick off the day. Hanchi, Hanchi mm-hmm. was scratched from um, scratched from Wednesday over the thousand to be safe for this. Good decision. I think it drew wide that day. Uh, that day, uh, it drew wide on Wednesday. There was two quick ones under it, so it would have been interesting how it all eventuated. My only query on that is, oh, I'm a big fan of um, the two-year-olds uh, debuting, especially when their two-year-olds are in for speed, as this uh, bloke looks like he will be to a degree. Yep. Um, I'm always a big fan of them debuting over the thousand. The twelve hundreds are um, a different kettle of fish. You need to have the horse in the in the in the right condition to be able to run that out, especially if they cop a little bit of pressure as well. But I mean, you go through his four trials and more special shadow fear. SAS machine, Red Square, ran second to all of them and mm-hmm. stuck on really well. The SAS machine. I really love that SAS machine trial. Yeah. yeah. If, if you look deeper into that, the third horse, the Colin Webster runner that went last week, its name escapes me at the moment. It came out and ran a cracker. Mm. And that was four, five, five. That was several lengths behind uh, Hanchi in third. So there was deeper form lines to that as well. And I think Red Square for Paul Jordan, $180,000 Russian Revolution purchase. I think it goes all right. Uh, yeah. I think it goes very good. Mm. I think it goes very good. And I, arguably, it was a better trial than it. There was very little in it. So, um, yeah, look, I, I suspect Hanchi will be very hard to beat here, BJ. I, the big thing with this race is I, I struggled to – go, what else could I come at? You know, let's think about this from a from a market perspective. And I haven't marked this race. I wanted to just more assess the race and think, well, what looks overs, what looks unders? I mean, your, your second favourite in the race is is I'm a wild girl, um, drawn the outside gate. You think they're going to have to probably try and go forward and breeze outside of Hanchi or something along those lines. There's a massive chance you're caught deep. There's a yeah. chance you might have to snag if you don't jump. Uh, went better last start, but... I don't know that that race where Bondi plunged went around a dollar sixty and failed. Uh, it's failed a because of the cutaway. It might not have been, uh, might have had enough as a two year old, which can often happen. And then the horse that beat at Paris Calling, sort of on that same line of betting. Uh, I don't know about that as a form reference. Yeah, some queries. It was thirty one so, too, wasn't it? Paris Calling. Yeah, went around yeah. a big price. So Zing to win is next in line, and it went around favourite on debut versus leading Taddy. Had to do a bit of work in the run. Instantly spelled. Sort of happy to forgive that toe performance. Trials were good enough leading into this, and mm-hmm. it makes it makes a lot of sense as well. And then you've got. You've got the rest. Pin Deep had excuses on debut, but from 10, where's it going to end up? Mining Legend looks like a horse that I think you'd want further, not shorter, and it comes down 100 metres. We are Chew. We are- We rate Chew. We rate Chew. Yep. <laughs> uh, it was a reasonable enough trial. I, I, I'm I pretty- I quite like that trial, actually. King, yeah, King of France went good yesterday. King of France went very good yesterday. Yeah. Uh, ran into Dreamers Never Die. Mm, Dreamers pretty- Never Die. See, it's four Jam- number four feels number like trial. A, feels like a, a feels like a James Bond It's movie, a tattoo you get it? across your neck. Yeah. That's what it says across Dustin Martin's neck, actually, <laughs> if you look closely. Dreamers Never Die. So it's on uh, Ben, ben Cousins' back. He had, a, he had a fill yesterday, I'll tell you what. Um, I, yeah, just from a yard that's not known for producing many two-year-old winners at this point in time, I'm, I'm usually just sort of always happy to look around those. And they're all single figures. So my query to you is, BJ, not marking this race, the two, just from an aesthetic point of view that look overs to me, is is the debutante just going to be very well found? Is the $3.80 a price that will be found? And they come out, everybody, every man and their dog was tipping it on 
uh, Wednesday, and this is easier in my mind. It's just the fact that it's a thousand to twelve. This is a thousand meters. I'd be absolutely hoeing into the three eighty, and I'm still a big chance of taking the three eighty. I think. Um, and then you've got for me, Zing to win looks the obvious second pick just from the gate. It should stalk up behind them, and just how well it was thought of um, in a reasonable little two year old maiden on debut. Yeah, it was on, so, on debut too. Yeah, um, it was, and it just had to do a lot of work. And yeah, it's just a sticky old little run. We forgive that type of setup. So, so. the hoop on um, Hanchi Lacta. Ramoli, he uh, has recently returned from his abs- from his break, yep. and uh, see better him a double at Cal the other day. He did, and yep. I think the boys would be a bit flat with uh, Hilton. He, I think it was no through no fault of his own, but the money came in absolute spades, three eighty to two forty, and just you know what happens, just when Paul Tapper sets one for a race, they just they just get the job done. So but no dust on Paul, is it? No, nah, there's absolutely none. <laughs> no, he's he's dust free, so he's been. He's been uh, dust what, a, what an absolute legend, Paul Tapper. You know, it's funny. He I was like, how is that one? Then I've gone back and looked through its form and I was like, yeah, that probably shouldn't have been 100 odd to one. That's actually, yeah, I I skipped over that a little bit uh, a little bit quickly as occasionally happens when I do the Sunday form after a long week of form. But anyway, Benjo. Bit of, bit of ring rust uh, shaken off for Lakdar anyway. So hopefully yes. uh, hopefully he's uh, got his eye in for Hanchi because I'm pretty keen to start the day. I think there's a few that's um, – I think there's a few rides like that. Like I could ride a few winners is what I'm trying to say on this card. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hanchi for me as well, BJ. Yeah. Uh, I think the 380, how are you looking at this from a betting point of view? Are there too many horses well, crammed under 10 bucks? I can see well, seven. So Zing to win, Paris Calling, I'm a Wild Girl, Pin Deep, Mining Legend, and We Ray Chu. So uh, I feel like Hanchi's got a firm from there. So I like the I like the three eighty. I was I had him sort of I was thinking maybe three dollars was a good price, Hanchi. Do you think he just gets to the front? Yeah, I'll have him leading and I've got Topaz showing him a bit of toe, maybe sit outside leader. T O E Paz? <laughs> yeah, it's Topaz. <laughs> Topaz, uh, who Flinders actually, Lane's got a little bit of Flinders Lane's got a little bit of ability too, but yep, hard to come at. Mining Legend led them up the other day, but I don't know whether they will want to do that again. Pin deep so. showed speed in trials. Yep, they either snag or whack. Zing to win will be there, but I thought if Hanchi can can uh, find the front control with Ramoli, Rails Ramoli on board, I think uh, the way that it's trialed, if it brings that to the races, I think it wins. So, yep, yep. Now I'll be with you. I just wish it was a thousand meters. Okay, very yeah. good. All right. Race two, it's the tab touch. If you got touch, right. handicap one thousand meters for the three year olds. Uh, back to handicaps after a few three year old set weights and penalties. Metropolitan races in recent weeks. Uh, Super session is the current favorite, returning from a fifty sixth day uh, freshen let up. A um, couple of other horses returning from a break as well. Sunny Honey is very well thought of in the market for Richie Mama. Well. Uh, Oh, sorry. <laughs> and you're right. <laughs> and I was just going to say, Luke Looks has won three straight in the Great Southern, swim through one midweek. There's a little bit to work with here, Terry. Yeah, there certainly is. We were talking to Darren, so I didn't really – I'm always quite attentive to the markets on a, um, a Thursday morning, but I've, I've missed all the moves and I'm just sort of paying attention now. I saw Sunny Honey went up about $4 with a few of the agencies. I, I was – out the door, Sonny. I think I had it the longest. Second I was, longest I was price. second longest. Snazzler was, was my longest. biggest roughie. So to see a horse like Sunny Honey go up at four dollars, I think that was just um, the market getting a bit excited by its last two runs, which were obviously far more suitable sit ups. Um, its trial was back in January, so this is just a fresh run. Yes. Um, here, I, I don't think it's got twenty third of January was its last public appearance. Yeah. I really like Sunny Honey as a horse. I just don't think this is the right setup. So I think the good thing about I thousand it, thousands not really. 
Let's nah. go either. The good thing about it being six to one is you've you got a horse taking up 16% of the market. I, I don't think, you know, it's probably a $50 pop. So that's a, it's a good start. But swim through was 21s to sixes. Um, what else have we got from a moving sense? Give me one reason. 15s to eight. So I was eight, $9. Give me one reason. That's good form behind Adderard, Rear Admiral. Just don't know if it's a winner. I'm just not entirely certain. Um, swim through, I was seven bucks. So again, the, the 21 would have been, would have been nice. Um, to get involved there. Cosmopolitan Girl is the one that's creeping out to a, a little bit above my price. I'm $6 Cosmopolitan Girl. She's 10, 11, 12 across the boards. Luckless, her last couple. Um, this looks a race with really, really good speed. Like they're going to go quick here. Um, and I think it'll set up for a horse with a sit. And she went super in, in that type of role behind Snowdome, which is obviously looking like really good form. And that's the last time she got a proper look at them too. So uh, she can definitely run a race. But look, to me, with looks in the race, barrier seven, uh, fear Richie Mama from nine, and swim through from eight. Though I think swim through might. Um, be Who's the quickest to take cover? Maybe Sky Duke from five. Yeah, that's what I was. Um, yeah. I'm confused. What's happening with Sky Duke? Because it's a 1200 meter horse, you, and it's not just numerical form. That's actual form. Like it's a far better horse over 1200 meters. So Sky Duke. Three runs is prep all over a thousand meters is uh, just a bit of a surprise to me. I, um, yeah, I'm not sure. I keep an eye on for it. it. It'll improve when it gets to 12. But the speed for me isn't going to be there at the end. That all stops. Mm -hmm. So what a race for Super Session. Yeah, I, I, I just think it's the best horse in the race. I think it's. I'm going to look at it as a blessing that I have missed the prices here and I haven't had a chance to get on anything. What Super Session tends to do in its markets, and this is off a freshen up for a yard that's going so-so at the moment, is drift for whatever reason. There's a few horses in here that have the potential to be conduits for money. Um, did you like that? Conduits mm. for money? Thanks. Um, swim through being one. So I think, and I, but I also hope that we just hold fire. And this is one, don't have a, oh, I'm going to find it hard not to at least save on Cosmopolitan Girl at that price, yep. but just wait for the Super Session price. I'm $2.20. Don't, yeah. don't take any of this $2.30, $2.40 now. Just- Keep the powder completely dry and dream, BJ. Dreamers, because you know what dreamers do. They never die. <laughs> Just dream that we can potentially, and this might be ambitious, see $3 late. Wow. That would be juicy. That would be juicy. Juicy fruit? Yeah. yeah. Get you going. Mm. Get you going? Keeps you going. Um, Super Session was the only horse that interests me in this race. Just with the speed on CJP cuddled up. If it just if it sees daylight, like good luck. Isn't so. it nice though? Sometimes when the horse you like is a slightly above your price, I'm two twenty. I mm -hmm. said so I can get two thirty, two forty, but you just like you just wait. Like if it's like two sixty, it's like at that awkward price. Like mm -hmm. do I just take the two sixty or do I at that price? We just wait. If it just starts a dollar ninety, so be it. Back Cosmopolitan Girl each way or something. That's mm -hmm. how we attack the race. So um, yeah, definitely having something on Cosmo at the overs. But I'm I'm going to back Super Session. For, I actually think. For Session. This isn't a bad race, but a lot of these horses are, are going to progress as, as four-year-olds, and they're going to be Sunday horses, the majority of them. But Do you I feel like four-year-olds, all of them. Uh, but I feel like Super Session's got a bit of X factor about him, and uh, looking forward to seeing him back in action. I think, uh, I think, uh, as I said, any daylight, um, providing no traffic issues. Super session's good, just gonna go zip. Cut Couldn't agree more. I think with uh, normal luck, it wins on the drift. Yeah, on the drift. Make it drift. I'm, I'm praying for the drift. <laughs> Make it drift. <laughs> Make it drift. Uh, all right. Race three is the Tab Touch. Be better at life. Westpeed Platinum Handicap. 
Uh, no Miss Fasari in this race. That's interesting. It's a <laughs> it's a thirteen hundred meter uh, zero metro win race. Um, plays with fire. Returned from a long absence um, and just looked a little bit rusty when it uh, was uh, relegated to third. First up recently um, of a soft spot for Emerald Trainer Trader, who's resuming from. 129 days abscess by Equicast. First time, Terry. Oh interesting. Interesting. Um, I reckon it might be a bit Equicast. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. Henchard, outspoken lad, kind of established horses. They, uh, they're, they're both resuming from breaks um, and a horse that you've sort of been keeping close tabs on, Terry. Glasgow girl. She might be able to find the front and run a cheeky race. Yeah, she might. Oh, she's probably the one that. Um I saw the price earlier and I just saw, you know what? No one's backing Glasgow Girlie. I reckon I can just no. hold fire and, you know, contact a contact a uh, Joshy Bowler later on this, uh, this evening and try and get on. But, um, yeah, it's gone off a little bit, which is disappointing. It's into about $10 across the board. But, um, yeah, I, I don't have any real strong feelings on this race. It's, for me, it's hard to – you're going to have plays with Fire and Differentiator who are going to be back last. You're going to have Emerald Trader who doesn't have any early speeds, probably back last. So on speed, you've probably got Glasgow Girl leading outspoken lads close to the breeze, yep. might park on them if, if a horse like a, um, a Melorab or a Fresh comes across, but Melorab's more of a stayer, so that might be ambitious. They've come for Melorab. Hey? They've come for it. Have they? Ten dollars out to thirty-four. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good support. That's and that's not long enough either. I think I was significantly longer than that. So, um, yeah. So I just think, well, hang on. You've got the three horses who are pretty prominent in the market in uh, plays. Well, the two especially in plays with fire and differential. They from ten and eleven. They're going to be last and second last. You think, don't you? Yeah, that's what I, I was thinking. The near so you, well, hang on. What if this race is run and one on speed, and it's just a, it's not that type of day you can make a super amount of ground. Then you can go, well, do we forgive outspoken lad who's got a really nice top-end form at around that $7, $8 mark or Glasgow girl each way will be in front. Didn't lead last start. It was honest from the 1-1. Um, plays with fire sat on its back and got past it comfortably enough, but there's going to be a big big difference between where they are this run. One, one should be leading and the other one will be – Oh, seven lengths off it type thing. So it's going to be a different setup. So $15 each way, Glasgow Girl struck me as a really nice bet. Nine, ten dollars each way. I'm eh, I'm a bit I'm not as excited about. So don't know. Um don't know. I really like differentiator as a horse. Really like Summer Dixon's ability to have them going first up. If it drew a gate, it would have been let's let's go to absolute town. But I I still think it can win. So Parklet, Parklet from eleven. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know. They're, they're the two that, that strike me at the moment. Glasgow Girl and Differentiator. But I, I'm, I marked Emerald Trader second favourite. There you go. You do <laughs> like Emerald Trader. Though. It's a, well, if you go back through its, it's win last prep. Third was horse. Was there another Chino in that race? I reckon it was. Uh, oh dearie me, Sisu Warrior. Mm-hmm. Sisu Warrior is going to go around quite short today. Went good behind uh, alongside Climb on top. That that forms more than okay for this. And Emerald Trader should have broke its maiden. A long time before it did break its maiden. So, and one thing we often say with these West Speed Platinums, BJs, look for a point of difference horse because they're all um, they're all Barry Butlers. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't mind that at all. Yeah, I think the current or well, this say t- average it out to about ten dollars each way. Emerald Trader, hopefully, uh, Lucky Nucky can have him with about rather than him dropping out. I'd like to see four or five potentially behind him in in running. Uh, one off if. if uh, Glasgow girl is rolling, outspoken lad rolling, a bit of pressure pre-turn, sort of separation, Emerald Trader, galloping room space. I think he's a, he's one of the better each way bets of the day, actually. Oh. Yep. I like that. Yep. 
Good confidence. And the Equicast. Equicast is the query, but I mm. but I imagine that's probably built into a little bit built into the uh, the price at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know what to say about the Equicast. <laughs> Let me Google it. What does Cripper say? If it doesn't suit our narrative, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Equicast for horses. It's a unique casting material designed with specific properties for allocation in the horse's hoof. It's unlike orthopedic casting. Blah, blah, blah. Hold on. It's a temporary support system for horses with injured hooves. That doesn't sound great. Does it? Yeah, it doesn't feel <laughs> confidence. Oh, well, I'm going to trust uh, the, 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 the team, Watson Yard. Watson Yard yep. to, um, you don't need to be Sherlock to trust them. That's right. That's right. So Watson's each a sidekick. Yes, yep. that's right. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah, the, the two I'm going to look at will be Glasgow Differentiator, but I, I don't think I should be betting here. Um, yeah, I just really wish I was on Glasgow Girl at the 15. So that looks like a good price now. It does. Um, Cart near $8, $9 is a stayer. You'd think that's a big drifter in the market. Yes, I agree with that one. Um, all right, race four is the Amelia Park Handicap, rating 70 plus this one, 1,600 metres, 55 minimum, keep note. Um, and speaking of Amelia Park, they sold their um, star sprinter, Miss Kentucky, 700,000 at the National Broodmare, uh, at the Gold Coast Magic Millions Broodmare sale. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Miss Kentucky is off to the breeding barn, as is this will test you. 380,000 um, tests fetched at the same sale as well. So um, interesting couple of days for some of our uh, – well, I suppose this you know, last spring they were two of our WA's best sprinters, so they are both off to the breeding barn. Um, and don't forget about gorgeous gossip as well. <laughs> was that in the sale as well? well? Someone messaged me saying it went for under an 80K apparently. So. It's all right. Yeah. Very good. All right. So we've got uh, – well, Steve Wolf has got two runners here in Not Secret and uh, Classic Rogue. Ginger Baker won a similar race to this last start for Vernon Brockman. Uh, Mahalio, Michael Poy, Sticks having uh, saluted at Ascot uh, recently. So not a bad little race. And, of course, one of my favourites, Magic Mike and Ace Command – have attracted a bit of attention attention this morning. In the early <laughs> Certainly have. Yeah, he's old Ace Command. Tell you what, I reckon if Mike, uh, I think Mike gets it a bit wrong with old Ace Command. I think <laughs> it might be a nice, real tough horse, but geez, you're in a 70 plus as a 63. I think, <laughs> I think you're probably, you're pushing a little bit of poo uphill, but uh, I'll tell you what, one thing you get is a, a race where- There's a kind the of race it'll win though, and it'll, oh, just, like, it'll burn like- It's flying. Yeah. That's the thing, it should be winning points. It yeah. should be winning races and getting up to this type of rating. So That's it's right. not like it's racing out of its grade necessarily, it's just racing out of its points grade. Yes. Um, but I'm expecting there to be more tempo on than uh, most would think. I think KMA from the widest, I think they're the second widest, I think they're almost choiceless. They've got to go forward, yeah. Did a bit of a deep dive with KMA, it's quite interesting. It's two most recent victories. Um, um, have both been when breezing. So I think A, show aggression, and B, every time it's been on a soft six or a soft five, every time it's been on a wet deck, it's really struggled and it's gone really poorly compared to its comparative form around it. So not huge on giving it massive forgiveness, but definitely some forgiveness for that soft six run two weeks ago. If you, The main thing I did when I was doing my form for this meeting, by the way, is I looked at the fact, so most horses back up off two weeks, and so most of these are two weeks. So what's the difference between the major difference between two weeks ago and now, it's soft six to good four. 
that's the major thing. So I was sort of looking for, okay, and also Luke Campbell's not here. Mm -hmm. So the, the major things I thought, okay, so who horses that are missing Luke Campbell have now got Taj or Kesh, how do you feel about that? And it's now a soft six to a good four. How do I feel about that for each individual horse? So um, it didn't help me a great deal because I don't really like much throughout the card, but that's that was the sort of the major thought process. And I don't know, I, I found this a, a, a weird old race. Yeah. Like I, Ginger Baker held not secret real comfortably on the line, and I know that because I ended up having a reasonable bet, not secret on the day, BJ, and I was, thought I was home and hosed at mm. the 100. So I don't know if the kilo and a half swing was enough to turn the tables on that. I don't know. But I also don't know if Ginger Baker can repeat that performance type thing. So I'm a bit torn there. Um, Mahalio should have beaten all of them two starts before that, before it then came out and got the absolute perfect on the back of nod and smile. But... I think Mahalia is just going nicely. It's a nicely, like, it's just a nice bread and butter horse in that sense. Nice I, map for it again. Yeah, exactly right. Sessions peak, I, I thought it had every chance to get closer to not secret than it did. Um, I'm going to continue to take on Sessions Peak. I think that win a few starts ago in, in this type of grade was just because three or four of them were blocked and it got the luck. In saying that, it's drawn one, it'll get um Tracing well, it's informed, it's fit. Exactly yeah. right. And then if they, yeah, Piccolo Senor is, is getting closer and closer and the fact – um, with the way the weights work from their last start, it actually gets a bigger weight swing does, um, yeah. on a few of them. So uh, it was just – I really would have liked to see it go past Sessions Peak in that final 50 last start, and Sessions Peak sort of kicked back and held it pretty well on the line. So it needs a race to shape to to measure up and get past them. But if K-May and Ace Command at, at 20 to 1 and 15 to 1 are the two horses leading, it could be a race they bunch and – could be set up for that type of thing. I reckon the market's right, and I've just wasted five minutes talking about a race that I've got no idea. Yeah. Okay. Basically, I think the market's pretty pretty bang on, BJ. Yeah. Can't I even manufacture a bet. I thought that the perhaps the forgotten runner with a key riding change here is classic, classic Rogue. Disappointing. Uh, I, 59 feels – but it did win with 58 and a half in a graduation not that long ago, but it just feels heavy for this kind of horse. But he has been a bit of a – Bit of a slow burn, classic rogue. But last start, very slowly run race. Um, yeah, I just don't think it was – he wasn't – he was definitely not suited three wide no cover. That's not his go. Brandon Louis off. I feel like the pontiff from six can follow the stable mate, not secret. And classic rogue, when it's coiled up and the race shapes the right way, he does actually have a pretty strong finish on him. So um, I don't mind I – like I like the riding change. I like the map. And I think the price, I think it's $12 at the moment, probably better on the day. I think you. I think Classic Road could be a bit of a spec at um, maybe $15, $16, something like that. No, I can definitely see that. It's uh, prior form adds up. My, my only concern was they had a month off. Yep. And sometimes I was like, oh, I cannot regain, because that was career best form it was in, right, quite yep. comfortably. Just like, can it regain that exact form? And, yeah, but, geez, it's a tough race to pay to find out. That's right. It, it, it lacks a bit of pointiness this race if you know there's no mm. like i mean I th i've got a lot of time for for not secret i think for mine he's the best horse in the race um however it's hard to back a horse that had its chance that's, you know what i mean at three bucks 20 yes you know what which I mean? is which is why i sort mm. of feel like rogue the stable mate might be the might presents a bit yeah. of value anyway 100 i'm and, gonna, i'm just for now just staying out i'm yeah. gonna go on betfair and i'm gonna let it tell me who the market doesn't like i'll be on Okay. I reckon. If there's a wild drifter, $11, $12 each way, Mahalio. If there's a yeah, $24, $24 classic road. Yeah, that would be a good price. Um, Ginger Baker's unwanted and, and not secret starts. It'll base, I'm just going to hope for an over bet so that something else presents. I've already just decided this isn't a race I'm going to win on. Yeah. Do you think Do you think the market will respect Magic Mike or out the gate? I think it'll be out the gate. Out the gate. Yeah. Interesting. Pretty confident. Okay. All right. 
let's take a break. I'll probably end up back in KMA after <laughs> that stuff. It gets out of 50 to 1. All right, let's take a break, Terry, because it is mastermind time. Okay, BJ, it is now time for the Mundaring Hotels WA Racing Mastermind competition. Correct, Terry. The Mundaring has been the heart of the hills since 1899, located in Jacoby Street, Mundaring. If you get an opportunity this weekend, it's like the sun's out this weekend too, might be pretty uh, spectacular out there on uh, the big deck. But Mentioned uh, Quillo's name at the bar for a free beer as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. A free pint. A pint of Quillo, please. <laughs> Quillo lager. Yeah, the, the Mundaring. Harley Hills. Grab the Quillo and chips today, please. Located in Jacoby Street, Mundaring. Um, drop in, see Ian. Butchie O'Connor, and uh, let me know that you listened to the one-one. Actually, Butchie was a little bit uh, taken aback that we didn't get him on to defend his his gift voucher against Brittany today. But uh, <laughs> was he <a> <laughs> upset? Was he? Uh, I said that's right. Funny. I said we'll get rid of Scotty. He goes no, 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 no. Roll with it. But no, we've got uh, two tremendous uh, supporters of the show to do battle on today's mastermind. So let's welcome back last week's winner, our current carryover champion, Brittany Taylor. Can I, Britt? Hello, I did see Butchie during the week and uh, after I got the voucher off him last week's Mastermind, that same day, Quillo knocked off Crystal Rose. So I wasn't very happy with him, but glad I got something out of him on the day. <laughs> Good little trumpet there and reminder from last week's Mastermind as well, just to, just to slip that in. But uh, you've got Scotty today. How, how are you feeling in regards to your um, your opposition today? The confidence must be pretty high after knocking off an informed Mac last week. Uh, I was very disappointed when Lockie said, no, I'll be on the way to Northern and I can't do it because I was much preferring to take on Lockie than I am Scott because I, with you guys going on a break, I thought it was a good opportunity to be able to be left on top of the mastermind, but I uh, have a feeling Scott might take that mantle. The listeners aren't happy with you, Britt. We asked you to label one last week and <laughs> and Honeydew gets, gets Honeydew gets up in the last. It just, it just, just won. Hey? It should just, just won. Tumbleweeds from Britain, yeah. give us nothing. I know. You said, do you have a just wins? And I did not. You know that I won't subscribe to any just wins. <laughs> Maybe if you'd framed it better. Stevie Farnham, Jimmy Taylor, don't combine, no, don't don't combine often, but when they do, they're success and success at a big number. Yeah, just bang. Every time. That was very good. (laughs) That that was very good. (laughs) Congratulations, guys. All right, Scotty Embry, welcome back to the show. Just waiting outside the dentist, boys. (laughs) (laughs) What's the time? 2 30. Oh, sorry, I thought this was uh, Bill's quiz on the Saturday rub, you know, on uh, Triple M Rock Footy, McDonald's Marine Hot Water, Bill's tough rosy conditions, or tell your plumber to install a ream. Thanks, <laughs> Mark. Very good. Hey, Scotty, you must be up and about. The, the perps, uh, the Fremantle Dockers are uh, starting to hit their straps. Yeah, back on the bandwagon there. Toys are out of the cot, but we've done the right thing, picked them up and back on board. You've steadied, switched to the left, steadied, balanced up, bang. Correct. It's almost like changing the colours on military power. I just had to do something to change the form, and now we're back. <laughs> and, Scotty, as the, uh, as the new owner of Float Air Boat, um, are you – would you prefer a top four Frio finish or a Float Air Boat six-length win at um, – where are they racing? Northern Pinjarra, today. Northern today. Northern? Oh, always been a fan of a boatie. <laughs> <laughs> that could look funny later, I reckon. So, so oh, are, yeah. we ta- are we talking about Fuel the Fryer, Terry? 
No, nah, not yet. Not yet? Okay. No, nah, no, we'll keep that one. We'll keep that one under our... Under I don't know. It's probably like racing and breeding. <laughs> no, I'll tell you what. Just, this is probably the greatest purchase since I can't think of one. Since Float Up, since, since we paid 40 grand for Halatorium <laughs> as a maiden. That was battling. Anyway, let's let's get into this, BJ. All right. All right. Can't wait for this one. It's... Uh, the uh, Perth Racing Mountie Yard duo, of course, of Brick Taylor, Scotty Embry going head-to-head in our mastermind. We've guys. less today, haven't we? So we really got the, the pinnacle of WA Racing. We just we finished a, a lengthy interview with uh, Darren McCauley, which was absolutely tremendous. Yeah, it was great fun. Um, yeah. yeah, we've been blessed. We have. So, guys, your names are your buzzers, of course. And to be crowned this week's mastermind, you'll need to be the first to answer three questions correctly. A $100 voucher to the Mundaring Hotel is up. Four grabs. You wouldn't want to go down on the final uh, mastermind for the season, we'll call it. You wouldn't want to go down 3-0. That's all I want to say before we start. Because <laughs> everyone right. will remember that. All right, let's do it. Challenger, are you ready? Ready. Mastermind, are you ready? I'm ready. Three, two, one. Who am I? My journey began in 2012, which has seen me compete at the highest level on 51 occasions. I have been successful on one of those occasions. While I have spent a good portion of my time over East, the majority of my career has been in the yard of Neville Parnham, winning a tick under $3.5 million in prize money. Scott. 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 I'm going to have a very, very early stab. Malibu style. No, I knew, I knew he was going to say Malibu yeah. style early. Oh, Brittany, this is a, this is an absolute <laughs> gift. Sorry, a bit late. Ah, uh, dearie me. Winning a tick under $3.5 million in prize money for that stable alone. I'm extremely well related with both a multiple group one and multiple group two winning sibling. I've won at 30 different racetracks from Flemington to York, though I have never won a race at Carnarvon. I've won 1,052 races, a tick under $43 million in prize money, and I'm not a horse. Who am I? Oh. <laughs> um, Chris Parnham. Correct. <laughs> Terry's throwing, throwing in the curveball there. Yeah, who's, uh, who's, who's had 51 goes at uh, Group 1 level? That yeah. was the, um, yeah, the early. All right, Brittany. One nil in front. Did you like the Carnarvon reference, by the way, Scott? He actually has ridden winner of the Carnarvon. Has he? Because it told me he hadn't. No, because I sent him up there in the last week of the Premiership two years ago. Oh, he remember, rode he one did, did he ride one? He rode stride oh. out to victory. Um, Greg Criddle. He did. And he rode casual <laughs> for whatever Graham Hamilton uh, racing, Racing.com has lied to me <laughs> I and imagine knowing all of that information so specifically about who he won at Carnarvon and not getting the point. <laughs> <laughs> Very Malibu good. style, three and a half million. He didn't win three and a half million. Yeah, halfway there, Dear maybe, me. I think. All right. Okay, let's go. Darren McAuliffe is aiming for a third Hyperion Stakes win with the Velvet Queen on Saturday. Can you name his previous two winners? Scott. Brittany. Scott. What? Gatting and Future Bandana. Correct. Impressive. 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 Do you are you up, upset with the um we're going to Scott there, Britt? 
Yeah, I really thought that I got him first. Nah, quite quite comfortable. Actually. <laughs> yeah, I've got BJ. I've got BJ's back here. We're going out with some solidarity. All right, one all. Name the jockey who won Hi- Hyperion Stakes aboard both Morasco and Scales of Justice. Brittany. Britt. Daniel State. Oh, two one. Two one. Come on, Scotty. Scotty, okay, 2-1. Brittany is in front. Okay, name the Simon A. Miller horses that finished first and second in the 2021 high Brittany. period. Britt. Valor Road and Dance Music. Oh, oh she's done it again. Where's the <laughs> Oh, sorry, hold on. And... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dearie, mate. The strategy's working for you, Britt. Talk it down, talk up the opposition and just lull them into a, a false sense of security. Did um, did you get thrown early there, Scott, with uh, with the Chrissy Parnham question? Oh, uh, no. I just wanted to know how many hours Britt spent looking at the Hyperion winners last night. <laughs> Truthfully, I did not look. <laughs> for more were, than were two hours. Were you born when was racing? <laughs> Um, what year was that? <laughs> <laughs> I think Brittany was came prepared. She came prepared, but yeah, congratulations, Britt. Uh, you're gonna we're gonna head to our hiatus, and you're gonna have two wins on the board. That's three away from you know what, Terry. Mount Rushmore. That's right. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, congratulations. Another $100 gift voucher. The Mundaring is on the way. Thanks for all your help and support over the journey, Brittany, and uh, to you as well, Scotty. Thanks for chiming in and, and having a go and uh, and uh, being a part of it all. Thanks, boys. As a um, as someone else that's also been robbed of a uh, Media Star of the Year award, <laughs> I just want to say that... Um, I think the two of you done a wonderful job and I look forward to the return of the body. Thanks, Scotty. Much Thanks, appreciated. Yeah, com- <laughs> completely agree with that. You, uh, The work that you guys have done over the last, what, three years? I'd love to know how many hours, actually, it is. Of it's actually now up to years. <laughs> not, it's not even up to hours. It, it's, yeah, I think we've ticked over the full 360-odd uh, days. I, uh, I think uh, we can speak on behalf of everyone when we say it's uh, been very well appreciated and I know I've listened to it's been my Friday morning listen for years. So thanks for all your work. Thanks, Britt. Thanks, thanks Scotty. We'll be in touch. Thank you very much, Brittany Taylor. She's going to be the she's going to be the mastermind for a considerable amount of time now. So uh, she will be. Yes, she will be. Yeah, it's nice to come in only needing three to, to hit the uh, the pinnacle as well. In good nick too. Yes. The thing is, how, how will she race first up? I mean, that's going to be the big question. You know, mm. after after a break, once you've and I think we found with I remember Chrissy Parnham was one. His first go takes you that you you don't realize how quick you need to be. Yeah. So yeah, I reckon yeah. the first up run will be it's will about, be fascinating. It's about buzzer management, really, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, is. <laughs> it is. It is. You don't want a long name. Yes. Yeah. You don't want a really confusing long name. You need something you can just shorten and get in there. And um, no, pretty comprehensive victory again. Another 3 1, knocked off Mackle 3 1 last week as well. So Brittany is on top of the WA Racing world as our mastermind before we go on our hiatus. But Terry, we need to finish this preview. Let's get stuck back into it. We'll return after a short break. Okay, in the break, we just watched the first from Northam and it was almost the perfect start for uh, Donna Riordan or Reardon with um, Bob Peters in the first at Northam, almost. But Jimmy Taylor, Brittany Taylor, Lockie Taylor, up change, about. Of, change of colours works, <laughs> according to Scotty. <laughs> dollar, dollar 60. 
Still a dollar sixty. I'll tell you what, punters who got their money there, who had followed it, deserved it, I reckon. I reckon that's four times uh, it's gone down pretty short before then. So they've deserved their cash. Team Taylor to the fore at the uh, opening event there at Northam. Uh, race five, of course, Ascot this Saturday, Hyperion Stakes Day, is the Quay Clean Handicap, isn't it, Terry? Over the 1,200 metres. Uh, another competitive race here with the several horses, single figures, Category 3, Hamika, Probity, Valency, Shaka Zulu, interesting runner. Um, not a bad little graduation, this, Terry, race five. Yeah, it certainly is. I, I think if you're confident in this race, you're, you're half sort of – guessing mm-hmm. um the four lines are just like categories category three is first up harmika is coming out of a very soft win but i think she proved that she was back with her two runs before there so i'm not too perturbed about that uh valence is coming out of platinums and senorina dorothy has been freshened up presume they'll lead from the wide gate or try to go forward from the wide gate and then you've got shaka zulu who's the real um, left of centre, mm. one down the straight well, stabbed it straight up to 1,400, got pressured by Pompey throughout. Kicks clear to win late, really nice win. Good win. Went to Jero uh, with Joey as a party on and then got the job done in a – you're telling me it was a $60,000 race. I just I just I didn't slipped, slipped through, slipped past my radar. Anyway, the Abrolis plate yeah. was a $60,000 race and because Shaka Zulu is full West Bead, 73,000, for the win in Jura. Yeah, I think they only got a, they didn't get much in the way of ratings there. They only got a point, maybe. It's a good coin. For one point, 62. So you would have gone to a six, two points. They mm-hmm. would have been a 65 after the Pinjaro win. So yeah, two points to win 73,000. That's, yeah. that's placement 101, isn't it? Um, obviously, the query with Shakazula was the 41 days, 14 back to 12 and up in grade. So look, category three will be, be super popular. Um, which, Probably the, it's a reverse horse that we like to talk about in the fact that uh, both wins for CJP and Pike's gone down as a favourite his last three times on uh, on Category 3. So she trialled nicely, mm-hmm. but it's hard to gauge those trials, uh, A, because- Those back straight trials. They're crap. Yeah, they're and you see the horse that she just, she just beat in the trial, so by the name of Huxton Creeper. <laughs> What is Huxton Creeper? Just got out of jail, actually. And, sounds, um, sounds like a bloody nice 18th century serial killer, doesn't it? And uh, <laughs> and uh, it's going around about 100 to 1 in a, in a class one later today. The so Huxton Creeper. You can't just look at that and go, wow, that's, that's a nice trial performance. Yeah. So. Anyway, I look. I think category three might get the job done, um, but I'm yeah, I'm not. I'm not really sure how to line them all up. I, mm. I think it's just a really nice horse race. I again, I missed the price for Shakazula earlier around that eight dollar mark. That that looks probably a speculative each way bet. I'd mm-hmm. say, but um, yeah, I'm about three thirty category three four ninety Shakazulu, five six bucks Harmika. But I, to be honest, if I Mark the race three hours later or the next morning. I could have marked it differently. It was one yep. of those races. It's the mood and mindset you're in is how you place everything. So. What price do you think Latham Anderson would have? Favourite. No, Nobel Lawrence. Favourite. Tell you what, it trialled like winks. Trialled good. It was a super trial. Um, yeah, it was an absolutely cracking trial. It's had one run August 21, one run Jan 24, one run July 27, one run 3rd of December. So that's four roughly five-month gaps between each of them. It's had throw-dops since. So if a horse ever deserves to win through perseverance, 
uh, the connections, this is the one. And Nobel Lawrence is a, a really nice horse. The unfortunate thing weight-wise for Nobel Lawrence is because of the gaps in the runs, it hasn't been dropping points through those failures and mm-hmm. through those setbacks. So it's it's had four failures in a row for four. Uh, that's, a, that's a great point. It's that's not how it works. Point, I, think, yeah. I think the handicapper could have looked a bit closer at that and said, you know what, we can, we can shed you two here. You're obviously having a lot of – Blah blah blah. So anyway, I think that's a. I think it's been a bit stiff not to probably carry fifty nine here. But well, it's um, almost to maintain its rating for like two years. Sort of yes, so, yes, exactly right. So, um, but yeah, it's um, it's a nice horse, nice trial. So I wouldn't talk anyone out of backing it at thirty five to one either. To be honest with you, but uh, yeah, just do what you want here. <laughs> it's uh, it's a do, great race. You do you. No, it's a great race. I, I can't compare them. I'm guessing. If there was a, if, if Category 3 what, was what 5 price bucks cat, or half. What Cat 3? Right? Or if, if it was 5 bucks or if, if it was $4 even. I don't know. It's Four. the one. Looking at the 330 at the moment, I'm going, it's the one that. That's what I want to back. You could look back at this and go, oh, shit, it traded $2.46 yeah. and it was popular as buggery and it's, it's won the race well. But I don't know. I don't know. I just think this is a good race. I think it's a really good race. Category three, I'm three or thirty. I'm a clear favourite on the can't be done price. I think first up last prep, uh, category three ran second to Street Parade. That, uh, that was a big run. And then the following run was even bigger where it ran uh, – it should have won. Uh, Real Danger won that particular race. The two recent white stable mates at the, uh, at the time um, finished first and second. Real Danger has won about three or four races since, won last Saturday. Um, category three – did well post that run, but those first two runs back last preparation were excellent. Trial suggested that um, she stretched out well enough, to, and I think, yeah, I'm looking at that 3:30, thinking, oh, you know, like that kind of, Well, I was, I was sort of 3:50 plus for category three, so. Um, you just think, can I bend a little bit? Yeah, here? can I wibble wobble a little bit? You'd love, you'd love to see from a map point of view the horse underneath her just try and get on its back and yeah. follow. Um, Harmika everywhere it goes. You know, I, I, with Harmika as well in a race without that much speed, I'd love to see real aggression and try and um, the few times it's settled on speed, Harmika's been a better horse, mm. I think, as well. So I'd like to see it on speed. So, yeah, my, my major concern with Category 3 was just if we do get this really on-speed day um, and it's snagged first up to just sort of ease it back into a prep and we see one of those. Flashing, Harmakas, flashing yeah. third, fourth yep. sort of thing. Yep. But I I thought Category 3 would be $2.50, like in the market. So the fact that it is on my price, it's one of those horses. It's a Cerise and White Willie Pike horse. You're not going to. You're not going to get wild overs. No, so, no. Yeah. Spe- even like, especially early as well. Exactly. Um, you have a runner, Miss Vasari, for uh, Tom Johnson Bloodstock. Yes, we do. I I don't think we could have found a harder sixty plus um, than this. It's but, a good one. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Hopefully, we can uh, improve on our first up performance a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Get back, run on. Get hit, back, run hit, on. Hit yeah. the line hard. Hit the line hard. All right, very good. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, for me, I'm pretty keen category three here. Uh, the prize has yeah. just got me second-guessing myself a touch. Mm. However, went back and watched the replays of those first up, second up performances last prep. This horse has got talent. And uh, four-year-old, uh, deeper into its four-year-old season now, these, the Peters horses can just continue to elevate their game with maturity and with time. I think category three, this could be the prep where she takes the next step. Okay. Race Six right. is the Peninsula Dining Room Handicap. You ever been up to the Peninsula Dining Room? Yeah, Peninsula Dining Room. Yeah. 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 Um, very nice up there. Yeah, lovely spot. Looking over, lovely spot. Looking over Belmont Park. Uh, this is a ratings 66 plus. It's a 1,400 metre contest at the fave. 
William Pike again. Grant and Alana Williams, a top weight. Catalpa is the market elect. Jeez, this is one that's absolutely been wallop, walloped. Um, oh, I think this is – I yeah, this is the one horse for the day, probably along with Super Session that I just really wanted to be on. Um, bare bones now, but gee whiz, this horse has come back so well. So, so, so well. Um, bit bit worrying from the gate. There's a few horses underneath Catalpa that are similar sticky. spots. Yep. But if you look outside of Catalpa, you've got Turbo Power in 10. I have absolutely no, no doubt they'll be aggressive here. You've got Pat Scott Sass in 9 and you have Hibiscus Lady in 8. I think all of those will be aggressive and come across. She's a sweet deal, even might even look to race closer to the speed after its first up win from the breeze, albeit on a very slow tempo. So... I'd be surprised if Apeite can't get into the one-off line if there maybe isn't a three-wide line and he gets cover anyway. So um, first up win was great with Luke Campbell on. Second up to sit that deep with Taj and to still be there at the end or still give a kick like it did, I thought was a superb effort. So normal luck. This will get the job done. The fact Queen Alina is your second favourite. I like Queen Alina as a horse, but... Um, it probably will be close to last and and doing its best work late. So um, I think it was really hard to mark a second favourite, which tells me that um, I'm really keen on one. So like Catalpa, I'm I'm disappointed um, that whatever was there price wise is, is no longer there. But maybe if we hold fire, we can see some. I'm happy to bet at two thirty, two forty, two fifty. Okay. I don't need a fancy price here. Right, I was probably wasn't that that keen to take that kind of price for Catalpa, but did have it on top. Um, the horse that I had basically equal second favourite that is presenting a bit of value here is number nine, Thoroughgood. Um, form last prep was excellent. Is that because it sounds like your old Twitter handle? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, thoroughly. Um, so Joey has a party from four, can get a lovely run in transit, can actually – Hold a, hold a position, this horse, if it needs to. Has some excellent weapon sun, multinational type form when last in work. Think it's going to uh, elevate its game. Second up from a break and um, three wins from six outings at Belmont. So it can go at the venue. And I think, yeah, I think it's got um, – yeah, I think it's got a level that it can go to after blowing the cobwebs out first up there um, at Belmont. So with the the good 72-plus form, last preparation, as I mentioned, I think Thoroughgood presents a bit of value here at the moment. I think he's what, about $15 chance, something like that. So, yep. Yeah. No, I don't mind that. It could be the horse that keeps Catalpa three wide as well. So there could be a, a double win in there in that sense. But, uh, yeah, no, I – Catalpa on top, but for mine, I'll probably be speaking at the moment with the current markets, I'll be having something on Thoroughgood. Yeah. Yeah, it's an easy um, – if you're looking just comparative in the markets, like Trade War, seven fifty. she's a sweet deal, $11. Like I'm 20s and a, I'm 100, she's a sweet deal. If that wins that race, I'll – just about give it up. Um, massive on pace day and Hibiscus Lady gets to 80s. Have something on. Interesting. It will win a race when it leads. Are they reluctant to lead? No, nah, they're trying to. It's just not stepping. Yeah. They try, he tried to last start. They tried to most yeah. starts? Um, they should do. Yeah. They should be trying to most starts. I, so, yeah. I mean, it beat Ablo by three lengths last race. And fast. <laughs> but Hibiscus <laughs> Lady, A, the 1400 is a big concern and B, the um, – it's a better horse on a wet track. Okay, very so. good. Race seven is here we go. West River Miracle as well is probably over the odds at 20 odd to one. Well, it has a bit of a class edge, I would have thought, on mm, a lot, a lot yeah. of those runs. If it can get out the gates cleanly and Lucy can just tag the right horse and get into it, it'll run you a good race as well. So, market's a bit after Catalpa. I, th- I, I honestly believe it deserves to be close to even money. Yeah. But after Catalpa, I think the market's upside down. Queen Alina, Trade War, and she's a sweet deal in next three. Absolutely nowhere near my next three. Yeah. So, I think, um, yeah, place betting on horses like West River Miracle. Thorough good. 
Um, it's my equal third favourite. Um, yeah, there could be other options there. Cole Lee is my second favourite, actually. 11, 11 bucks. That's what it is. 11 That's bucks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Witten's Irrigation and Design. They're the irrigators of choice for the West Australian racing industry. Owner-operator Craig Witten has extensive experience working on racetracks across this great state, especially in his role as irrigation technician on the hallowed turf at Ascot and Belmont Park. Craig and his team also specialise in designing and delivering projects for commercial thoroughbred and standardbred racing properties. Check out Witten's Irrigation and Design on Instagram and Facebook and get in touch with Craig. So whether it's racetrack, residential or commercial, water wisely with Witten's. Race seven is the, here we go, free entry to Belmont Park handicap. How do they keep doing this? I don't know. I don't know. They can't keep it up no, for the whole can't. season, surely. No. Uh, the free entry to Belmont Park handicap, 1,600-metre graduation. Um, do you have to pay anything? What says here? Yeah, nothing. Zero. Yeah, I don't believe it. <laughs> I don't believe it. Telling lies. If it's too good to be true, it usually mm. isn't. That's what they say. So. <laughs> oh, dearie me. <laughs> All right, we finish here with three races at a nice big field. It's big competitive speed maps, really good races to dissect. So that's our it's our last three for a few months. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's try and really finish off strong here, oh. BJ. That, um, that's, that's the Kingsley Cricket Club club captain coming out in Terry right there, just a yeah. real little pump up. Lift your lift your <laughs> fucking game. Uh, all right, so we're just nice just and position, opinionated Positioning here. the field, getting the boys up for the well, for the run home. So. All I did is have six short covers in the game, to be honest with you. Bowl outside, off stump. These blokes have got no other shots. Uh, One year flew a few flags over I, Well, yeah, I don't know. People like to have the most successful captain in the club's history. I don't like to talk about those type of things openly, but anyway. Um, free entry to Belmont Park handicap, a mile. Fascinating race. Scratching. Um, key scratching too. Key scratching. Little Silver's Little out. Little Silver's out. Yes. Disappointing for me as I was quite happy to take on Little Silver with this setup and I can say that openly now because I know I can't win because it's scratched. <laughs> it was going to be a lot of the day, wasn't it? It definitely was. <laughs> I've got a million loads of the day, I reckon. I don't know. That's the thing about this card. I'm, I, I should be a bookie for this card, I reckon. Probably do me ass, but um, I like heaps that can't win, but I don't like that many that I think will win. So anyway, um, this, is a, this is a good speed map, I think, with ultimate mm. Style, I think they're the, the penny has dropped in the camp. Well, I think they already sort of know this horse is a one batter and it's real tough. So I think from barrier one, they will try to kick out as best as they can. And, and if they can lead, great. I don't know whether it will be able to. So I think straight away that will ensure a good tempo. Danny Bella, don't know, maybe they go, I don't know what they'll do with Danny Bella. It's always a chance to. Oh, she was bad the other day. Yeah. yeah. Always a chance to rock and soft, roll. Soft leads and just. Yep. Punctured. She was definitely worth a spec mm. the other day. And then you got Nod and Smile from that gate. And, and it was gifted a nice, even though it drew wide last start, it was gifted a lead and a map that made sense. This is going to have more pressure. It's got Ultimate Style. It's got Danny Bella. Universal Flair, they'll definitely look to sit over the mile is my feel. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't personally. I just, well, I'd just let it be happy wherever that may be. But my feel is I'll look to take a sit. Um, but Universal Flair has a natural speed about it anyway. If that makes sense, BJ. So it'll have to get around. So I, I feel like Nod and Smile will just have to do a lot of work and it, this might be the race it has to breeze. Mm-hmm. So just a lot against it there. So you just put all that together. This to me is a race that will be suited to a horse just off the speed or midfield or even rearward. Smothered up. This will be a smothered up horse. Smothered so, up. Um, yeah, the ones that stand out for me, um, I I said this to you off air earlier, I, I looked at Cobb Co's final sort of 50 metres over the mile, first time over the mile, and uh, who's the breeze horse? El Patron mm-hmm. was coming back at it. 
And I just thought, oh, that concerns me a little bit in regards to is this is Cobb Co maybe a fourteen hundred meter horse, or is it a horse that didn't handle the soft six as well, and perhaps back on top of the ground it could um well, it could blouse them. In mm. all fairness, so I'm going to go with the former because um, there's also the risk from the map as well that it gets caught a bit sticky. But I'm going to go with the former and say it's probably a fourteen hundred meter horse. But even just saying that out loud, I'm a little bit nervous about it. So. That leaves, uh, for me, that leaves It's Closing In, who was given one at um, Pinjarra um, the other gift, day. They, gift wrapped. Yeah, I don't know why Ultimate Style didn't push forward in that race because that was that was the race that made sense to do so. But still run the second quickest last two going away from them. It's, it looks – it's form on paper is horrible. It's other three wins are at Jero, but – its runs have been real good. And if you look mm. at a class one behind, I think it was behind Finchie, got up on a cold cutaway. This is a while ago. And it was a really, really nice run before it went to Jero. Zeph Johnston Porter won with it in the saddle. He hasn't ridden too many winners on the grass. So that's a, it's a good win on its own. Uh, not to carry him, that probably sounds a bit harsh, but to, to win for an inexperienced apprentice is always worth a few extra lengths. So um, I think it's closing into top always. I'd naturally go, oh, gifted win. Let's take it on. But I don't, I don't want to do that so much. I think 54 and a half. Um, right trip, perfect gate to just stalk the speed. It gets its chance here. I mean, the other ones I like are, are class ones like King Sicario is the next horse I'm going to uh, mention as well. So, um, yeah, five five bucks or so. I'm, I'm happy backing its closing in. And King Sicario, as I said, I, I think it can land a bit closer. Clinton for Luke is anything. Um, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I thought King Sicario would be a better Belmont horse and it looks that way. Um, and I really like it at the mile too. If you go back three starts ago when we were keen, started $2.30 and it, was actually held up um, when traveling really nicely on the turn. So I think the mile is no issue whatsoever. So probably a leaning to King's Cario, maybe. I, I've marked them both around four bucks, four fifty, um, but not a huge amount between them. I think the map really looks to suit both of those two and also looks to suit Mojo's luck. Yeah, I was about to mention Mojo's luck, actually. Um, you put Pike on Mojo's luck instead of, um, well, not. It's not that it's Michael Poy, but anyone, but and, and Mojo's luck would be my favourite, probably. You know, yeah. So I thought Mojo's luck was monstrous. With, yes, uh, Braden, huge. Braden on first up, wrong part of the crowd track. It was kept a losing his position. Strong too. class one, yep. and its runs at the end of last prep, especially that run behind Vitalize over the mile at Ascot yep. was um, was super. So look, I'm going to be a bit boring here, pending how the market all shakes out, but I don't want to lose on any of those three. Who um, uh, say those three again, please, Derek? Uh, it's closing in. Mojo's. King Sicario and, and Mojo's Luck. They're okay. the three I, I don't want to lose on. How I'm going to structure it, I'm not entirely certain at this point in time, but um, I'll probably be dictated to by market. Yeah. I actually followed its closing in very closely. One day at Belmont, it ran third behind Megami and she's, she's fit. fit. And After the breezing. And the fourth horse home was another Chino. Yeah. Right? So that's a fair- Shit form one. That's a fair midweeker. And I was like, oh, that- Like, I didn't mind- That's a cracker, isn't it? It's a bloody good midweeker. Mm. Um, and I was just like, oh, I might follow that horse. And um, yeah, all through Geraldton's runs have been good. Unlucky a couple of times. Pike gift-wrapped at- But just the way that it travelled- for Pike the other day and just let down. I was like, okay, with a bit of speed on here, um, smothered up, cruising with galloping room. I think I actually think it's closing in should be favourite, really. Um, and Mojo's Luck had something on first up, massive run, got to follow up again on Saturday. So they're my two. It's closing in Wizard from the good draw. And if Mojo's Luck can build into the race with any momentum and doesn't get too far of its ground, then it's, a, it's going to be dangerous late. 
That's why I was talking earlier about the scratching being a bit annoying for me. If I'm looking at playing three, mm-hmm. and I'm not backing all three for a result. It gets too expensive. Um, if I'm playing three horses, um, I want the other ones. I want to, um, I've got to take on Cobb and Co. I've got to take on Little Silver. I've got to take on Nod and Smile. I've got to take on Universal Flare. Um, they're the ones in the market. So you want as many of those in the market as possible when you're sort of diversifying your investments. So disappointing it comes out. Um but, yeah, still happy to get involved here. We'll have a pretty big play amongst those three. Okay. All right. It's time for our feature event. It's the C-Corp Hyperion Stakes race eight of the day. Uh, wait for age over the 1,600 metres. Good horses race this one, Terry, as we go back through the uh, through the honour roll. Marasco won this race twice. Uh, one of your favourites, King Called Cat for Ian Gladding and Duncan Miller. Won Lucky Grey. Um Black Tycoon, Cup winner, Elite Bell was a star, Fisher Bandana, Wink and a Nod, Scales of Justice, Material Man, Gadding, Perfect Jewel, Valorode, Captain Chaos is going for two straight. He'll be lining up again again this year as well. So it's a good horses race, always has been, and um, yeah, continues this wait for age series of uh, $200,000 races um, that we've uh, basically uh, more than halfway through. And um, yeah, the, the two horses that fought out in the finish to the Belmont Sprint, Bustler and the Velvet Queen, they look the two once again. Yeah, 100% they do. Very interesting reading um, an article. I think it might have been Julio and Pikey this morning on uh, on racing WA. Is it about Dom to shoot? Yeah, Pikey just said he, he felt like he shifted on the ground and it didn't allow him to – he was – for Pikey, it was quite um, strong language to forgive the run, to okay. completely forgive the run. Let's forget we both sat here and tipped him two weeks ago and we were pretty keen on him yeah. two weeks ago. His best journey is the mile. So definitely worth keeping that in mind. In saying that, <laughs> in saying that, I'd be um, – and I felt a bit silly. Remember last week I was really keen on the uh, Fear the Wind and um, Cisco Joe and I said I can't really um, – like my third pick's a million to one type mm. thing. That Cornell's paid like four dollars fifty, four seventy. I didn't have a cent time. Didn't even think about it. Um, probably something to consider at times. This is one of those markets where I'm like bustle of the Velvet Queen around about two eighty, two ninety, and then ten dollars time to shoot, and then the rest of them like like figures, mm. numbers. So um, if, if from barrier one and two, if if these two. If one of these two don't win or if these two don't, yeah, they, these two both have to be in the finish, yep. you'd suspect. There was nothing between them first up. Um, the negatives for – well, the I guess the positives for the Velvet Queen, you've got to say Chrissy Parnham going back on for Jared Noski is the regular hoop. Um, it's probably going to drive more fitness, seeing as that was first up. Bustler was fourth up um, there. Gate two as well is, is a good draw. He's going to bust, bust leave on Exactly right. Yeah. Chris will know exactly where Bustler is in the run. The The speed map will be fascinating. The mm. two that I've got going forward here, I think last of the line's choiceless. I think it went better breezing, albeit over 2,100. I think from 10, like they know going back to last is pointless. So I think Brad will ride that out the gates and go forward. I think Lucy Warwick will look to go forward on, on no apology as well. I, yeah, I agree with those two. So it, it's- I think you'd want to be on the back of last of the line, not no apology. So if Velvet Queen can hold the one-one on the back of last of the line, in saying that, I think last of the line's a big chance of crossing and finding the fence, and then Bustler might get the better toe into it. So these are things we can't really, you can't look too deep at that because you'll pull whatever hair you have left out. So um, look, just on, I don't know, just on feel. My, my market was two seventy, the Velvet Queen, um, three bucks Bustler. So I might have something in the Velvet Queen, but dearie me. 
Yeah. Not much between them. And it also, it literally just comes down to luck in running. You get yep. the right back, you get the right lane on the day, you get the right this or that. If they go as well as they both did in the Belmont sprint, there was just nothing between them. No, yeah. I was 280 the pair of them actually. Yep. So lean Velvet Queen, Map, um, just having – Chris having Stevie on his inside, uh, the way that this – you know, our, our map, I suppose, that we, we kind of – in, um, in alignment on with no apology and last line coming across. My feel it, on it, that is last line will cross. That's my feel. Brad will ride with some aggression, which they should do. They should do, yeah. 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 And Lucy won't be as aggressive with her horse, who she's probably looking at a Strickland. Yep. Lucy's not coming out thinking I'm going to win a Hyperion lead here. She's thinking this is a lead up. But her aim is the Strickland. If she, but if she thinks she can get across comfortably and yep. Brad opts to grab old and rate outside leader, that's probably perfect for her, but yeah. Okay. Party time for the Velvet Queen. My, yeah. my feel, my gut feel is that last line will, will cross and find the rail. Mm, the partner boys, yeah, they've got the, yeah. they hold all the aces here, don't they? Um, I'm saying that no apology can travel in the breeze and take Velvet Queen a certain point. Like it's not going to just, doesn't have to just stop on it. Doesn't stop, Buster gets off, yeah. pinches the mark. I find sometimes I overanalyze those little aspects of the map too much and too much turned into that and then all it takes right all it takes then is a horse like the ponton playing marika to come across and land in front of one of them anyway yeah. you know and then you want to be on the other line because yeah yeah so there's, there's such minute uh, even pikey on dom to shoot he got okay maybe i want to be a bit closer maybe what, i want and it, yeah so, one of your old favorites were almost a knockout the other day yeah notorious one thank, god, one. thank god that didn't win i don't think my mental health could have <laughs> that, i reckon <laughs> deary me but uh do you know what geordie has to learn from that and say yep. let's just go back to the fence mm. you know let's just keep riding it for luck and if we don't get it then then so be it but um interesting what they do with notorious one i'd almost i'd almost claim and go back to a 78 plus and carry the grandstand just get just get a win back on the board don't know. I feel like it's careers, these same sets of races every time. And it's just with the way it races, it's not going to win one. I feel like it's being wasted a little bit. Is that a bit harsh? Um, I don't, yeah, I just think that that's. It's one, only it, won 350,000. That feels yeah. unders for a horse of this much talent. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. I just, I, 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 a bit harsh. A bit yeah. Harsh. It'll win one of these. One it's no first law, yeah. obviously. Yeah, yeah, clearly. <laughs> uh, I was leaning Velvet Queen. Um, Narrowly, narrowly. Uh, I was just, yeah, I was a bit flat with, very, very flat with Don Bashoot last start. Yeah, I, I, really don't have, I, I don't I don't have, really, I can't, I I can't think come, miss him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. As you said, it sort of peaked and it showed a career best. We're not then asking for forgiveness and to show your career best and to get over two horses who we think have big upside. So, yeah. you know what? If Dom Bashoot beats us, um, too good. So be it. All right. Yeah. Velvet Queen for me. Velvet Queen, definitely Velvet Queen for me. Yeah. Yeah. All right, and she would be a uh, worthy Hyperion Stakes winner. That she is certainly would for be. sure. All right, Terry. Well, what time is it? Are we already up to the uh, – we are, dearie me. It's time. Good capacity. This is what we want, a good capacity field for the Get Out Stakes, BJ. S-T-E-A-K-S. Proudly brought to us by who? Market City Meats, of course. The largest retail butcher shop in Perth. You can find them at the Kenningville Markets on Bannister Road. Timmy Hewitt, Timmy's team run uh, run the show out there at Market City Meets and always, always give the one one listeners the red carpet treatment market city meets. No one was able to find honeydew last week. Um, in the hundreds Wasn't of that entries. A that- frustrating race. Like we we're like, Debonair won't win. Debonair's gonna start $2.50 and yeah. it won't win the race. 
about key trading. Tell you what, top of the straight, I thought. <laughs> yeah. Well. And um, but yeah, didn't find the winner. It's very annoying when you when you well, are I very th- confident on the favourite. I thought I middled it was Savigny, and I was like, it's going to yeah, get there. It's going to get Savigny there. Too. And you know what? Did you, didn't. No, nah, didn't, didn't get there. No, nah. didn't get there. So you know what yeah. we got. Nothing. Duck eggs. <laughs> Duck eggs. Give <laughs> uh, <Jimmy> backside. <laughs> so, because we had no winner last week, Terry, it's usually $50 worth of gourmet uh, that's, produce. That's, from that's the Race 2 Northern Alarm. <laughs> from Market City Meats. This week, there's $100 yeah. worth of uh, uh, Market City Meats goodness up for grabs thanks to Timmy Hewitt. So, get your entries in. Get out stakes, race nine at Belmont to Twitter at the 1-1 pod. Who wins? The lucky last, uh, decimal winning margin, two decimal places preferred, and you can never ever forget the Sam White rule. First in, best dressed. Okay, race nine, the Pink Ladies' Day, first of July handicap to wrap things up on Hyperion Stakes Day, the Get Out Stakes, uh, fourteen hundred meters, seventy-eight plus. This is an old-fashioned welter. And it is a ripping finish to the day and a great way to uh, to wrap up our last podcast before a break. Where do we start here, Terry? I don't know where we start here. It's a, it is a cracker. It's uh, I think you just look at sometimes you look at the roughies in a field and you go, oh, Billy Ray is going to go around at 30, 40 to 1. Mm. So, you know, and it's, you know, it's the right price. I'm just saying it's a, uh, it just sort of shows the depth and, and quality to this race. But... I guess we start by discussing Rockinori. Mm-hmm. Um, Grant, I mean, we were – well, we I was very keen on it at last start and um, secured a reasonable price and Grant Williams was interviewed pre-race and basically said, if we run top three, we'll be pretty happy. <laughs> our <laughs> our yard men – You didn't like that. No, our yard men said it looks – looks very unsuited to winning at this point in time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that sort of information we can't really go with. You just sort of trust and that those type of yards don't go to the track unless they're ready to win. But they've done nothing wrong in that sense. Um, I'll tell you what, you know, of course they were ready to win with first up, BJ. Colossal. Oof. And they knew, didn't they? That money was crazy for its pattern of racing and it was right. Like it's, It went like a rocket. It was the run of the – yeah, it was the run of the day. By it was panels, interesting because so. he – Pikey wrote a winner earlier in the day. It might have been real danger. And so I think Scotty asked him about Colossal. Yeah. And his answer was kind of cagey but kind of smirky at the same time. So it was like, oh, like – and so I paid a lot more attention. And then when the money came, I was like, oh, here we go. So, yeah, interesting. Mm. He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's sort of half like cagey but at the same time, like, you could tell that they were on. So, yeah. 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 They certainly were on. Started in the twos mm. for horses. Goes back to the near last, and I tell you, what, a bit more luck, and it would have won the race. So, um, yeah, fascinating stuff. But anyway, the, the query, I guess, with Rockinori then becomes: Do we just put that down to a fitness thing? It needs to run. Let's let's give it its best, and it still went well enough. It beats, I think, it meets five or six of those, and it beat them all home. The first three in that race aren't here. Yeah, um, or. Has it just sort of had – because it only had two runs last campaign. It failed at its last run. It's then had six – a good long break. It's not coming back for any features here or that I can see at this point in time that it's leading into. Is it maybe not – has not come back as good? I mean, that that's the query. It, has it maybe not come back quite the same horse? So, I don't have an answer to that. I, I'm not too sure. I've still marked it favourite. Um but it just comes down to what's a what's a betting price now, you know, yeah. um, with that type of setup. So uh, above the peg is Paddy Carberry. He must be having like a sort of holiday or something. Sojourn. I think yeah. he's, I think he's just coming back from one. 
Okay. Yeah. Because he's, there's rides earlier in the day, like give me one reason yeah, that, that yeah. Stevie Parnham's on and that he would usually be taking. I think Troy Turner might be doing something similar. Yeah. He seems to just be taking one. He just took one. Troy, Troy's just got back from uh break as well. Same as Sean okay. Ruddy. So easing into it. Easing into yeah, it. Yeah, okay. I think I think especially when especially when they usually ride fifty four, if you look at the lightweights and they're not riding, it's not because of anything other than they probably at this stage yeah, okay. when they're when they're coming back into into the Belmont season, they're just gonna work their weight down slowly. Spend a bit too much time at the at the dessert bar at the buffet like I did last night. Perhaps. <laughs> um, <laughs> still feeling a bit, still feeling a bit heavy. From it. The old smorgasbord. Yeah, the old smorgasbord. But um, interesting uh, deep race. Uh, speed map point of view. Savage one, I think, gets it easy. Yeah, yeah. Um, got an easy last start. Wasn't that disappointing from the map it got? And I think what made um, it looked all the more disappointing was how easily flying missile one from the breeze because mm. those two controlled it between themselves. And on the turn, they should have been running one two just about with how softly they controlled it. So for it to drop out was a bit maybe, disappointing. Maybe Savage one went a bit too slow. Maybe for yeah. the first part of the race. I agree. So. And it's going to be from barrier 11, it will be forced to go a bit quicker. It's better it at basically turned into an 800 meter dash. Yep. And it, maybe that, that oh, well, that's not really Savage one's. No, it's Bread not. And butter, so. I'm, yeah, I'm still mindful about how much how much I want to feel. I feel it's unders still, mm-hmm. you know. Um, pattern of the day will be crucial for it as well. But, yeah, they'll go quicker. 1,400 in Belmont, all suitable for it. So its prior run when it was held up behind Snowdome, I think, was uh, was super yep. and suggested a win was around the corner. So uh, it should lead. Um, loves Belmont. Loves Belmont, exactly mm-hmm. right. Gut tells me. I uh, could be wrong. They'll ride mood swings cold here. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going as well. So what would you do when you're drawn 15? Keep pushing on when you're up in journey or would you just mix things up and say, let's ride it quiet and see if we can hit the line? So my feel is mood swings will be ridden cold. Um, so for a breeze horse, perhaps a let's gallivant from 13 with Taj. I mean, I what, so. what other options do you have? I think that's their only move. Yeah. Yep. So multinational will go and race on speed. I'm pretty think, sure let's gallivant breezed or like in an Asian yeah. row or something. Yeah, yeah 100%. Wide, it did. It? Yeah, it's, right. it's run and won plenty of races, or not or several races in front or. Yep. Or breezing, so um, yeah, I got no issue. That's definitely where you have to go with the apprentice on as well. So yeah, you, you don't want to complicate it for the for the junior riders. No. So, so that's why um, I suppose if you're going to go back on a horse like Let's Gallivant, you might just put a senior on and let them ride a race. But Taj on might as well utilize the claim and roll. I think exactly. I, right. I feel yeah. like it's only it's a tough horse. Savage right. one's only two underneath it, so you're gonna it's gonna bring you across the face mm-hmm. of the field anyway. Ariel gets the breeze softly. Yeah, Ariel get there nice and easily. So I'd even yeah, it'll get there nice and easy. Rock and Ori um, should follow a horse like multinational across and look to sort of uh, follow it into the race. Multinational should be very close to the one one with Star Align drawing five. Um, it's contested the two features and in both of those drew wide and I think it jumped fine on both times because mm-hmm. Carberry had to snag it and that was obviously the plan going into the race. So it's one I reckon that's got under the guard of the market a little bit actually because if, if you go through its form, it, it hasn't been back to ratings races for oh, the end of last prep. It went to a 78 plus, but it was spelled straight after. So forgetting that. Yeah, that was, that, that was after Hannon's Handicaps, yes. Northern Cups, Carbine Club. I'd so. say – to the well one too many times so yep. it's um it's prior eight goes at ratings races 72 78 pluses um it placed at all eight so i think this is the right type of level it hasn't gone up any points from that point in time it's been competing at the highest level it's always been a couple of lengths often but it's always run really nice races 
I think drawing a good gate allows them to kick it out, let those couple we mentioned come across, ideally be in the 1-1. One, one. Um, and I don't know if it's got the killer blow, but I tell you what, I, I know that at 15 to 1, each way, Star Align will run better than that as a price, I suspect. So um, I'm more like $7.50 Star Align. So I'm, I'm happy probably backing it each way as the bet here. $4.20 Rock and Nori. Um, took me a while to settle on that price, but I felt that was a fair assessment for a horse that went okay, considering it's fitness first up. Um, it might just get him here, but look, at, at $3.20, I'm, I'm not going to try and chase my money that I, I lost the first time around. Mm -hmm. uh, above the peg, I'm $5.50. A bit of luck from probably three the fence um, and it gets clear air. It was a really nice run last start. I don't think there was much between it and Ginger Green though and, and above the peg. I thought Ginger was good. Yeah. Yes. And look, both of them I think are suited going to the 14, but Ginger Green's distance is 1,400 metres. That's its best journey. And above the peg's five bucks, Ginger Green's 17. So Ginger Green's drawn two right alongside of it. Uh, does lose Sean McGruddy as he's not riding at the 54 this meeting, which mm -hmm. is a shame. Um, but we have seen Michael Poy ride some winners from low draws like that. So I think it looks a bit of value as well. So, look, I don't know if I'm going to back the winner here, BJ, but the two over my odds are Star Align and, and Ginger Green. So I'll, I'll have something on on those two and hope things hope things turn out for me. Okay. Purely, yeah. purely price betting there. Yeah. So that being the case, I think Let's Gallivant um, is value for me. Oof. Coming across from coming across from a draw, um, outside leader gets there comfortably enough. Um, won a Hannon's last prep, second in a Peters, ran in a Carbine Club, ran in a Joey, and I just thought the, the I kind of liked the Belmont Sprint run the other day, and he beaten two and a half lengths on the line. So um, coming back to this grade with the run and slightly to get, I think the price is big. Um, I know the field is deep and. Um, and there's some talent that he's going to be conceding weight to, but let the the, the boys, the Pierce brothers, we spoke about this off air earlier. They're doing so much right with their horses, placing them well tactically. Uh, they're training the house down. They're just the winners are just flowing. And I think seen that bloke on Twitter. How are you going training the house down? No, Josh Garlip, I think his name is very funny. Yeah, oh yes, I do, I do yeah, know Gar Josh Garlip. Yes, Australian yeah. House. <laughs> yes, I do know who you're talking about. It's very funny. He stuff. is very funny. Um, so I thought let's Gullivant outside leader rolling along. I don't think Taj can do a lot wrong from there. Get a march on him. Um, the leader's going to take him into the race. They're going to have to get past it. I can see let's Gullivant being real cheeky. Um, and the, but the horse I really like Matt Wise. Ability-wise, fresh-wise, is Neville Parner, Brad Parner, multinational. Okay. I think with the run it's going to get, uh, last prep, fresh, knocked off, a flying weapon son at the time. Weapon son won two or three races post that. Uh, multinational loves Belmont. He's going to get the right run, and I can see uh, the price is probably a little bit thin. I don't want to be on Rockinori. It can beat me. That's cool. Um, too good puffer and pipe, but uh, I like multinational from the map. If I get a little bit of a wobble in the price, that'd be great. And I'll be definitely having something on Let's Gallivant. This is a um, a cracking jackpot in pre-sejourn, pre get-out <laughs> stakes. Like, yeah, this is incredible. So we've, yeah, as I said, I'm going to chase a bit of value and with Star Alliance and Ginger Green at this point in time. Betfair might, might change my mind late as well. Um, you have mentioned Let's Gallivant as a roughie. You really mm. like multinational. We both respect that Rock and Roy probably deserves favoritism. Yep. Yep. Um, but at that price, we're happy taking it on. We then also probably both – 
respected above the peg needs to be one of the favourites in the market. So that'll definitely uh, have some support. Billy Ray trialled reasonably well enough. Um, this looks like a race with some tempo in it, so it'll be somewhat supported. Creators back to a dry track. It's a 10 times better horse on a dry track than the, the wet one it faced two weeks ago when I mentioned all of that. So it'll have some support. And pans down, yeah. it's 10 bucks in the market. It's runs at 1,400 have actually been pretty good. Yep, um, definitely. Wasn't and, too bad. Chrissy, I like Chrissy Parnham on that type of horse as well. So no. it, it's a it's a great race to finish the day one note no rider on position position of power just yet so i imagine that's because jade yeah i'm not sure it's just blank at the moment so the race book says jade chris is blank so i'm not sure what's happened there okay yeah position of power then again the last time position of power win one i think it was you would i was backed off the map wasn't it yeah no it's yeah. definitely jade off jade off position of power so. okay um anyway can't, uh, be many, can't be many left no that's what i was sort of thinking it's um anyway that from barrier nine that shouldn't affect the race so all the big guns are going, all the big guns are going to the nav anyway aren't they yeah 100 the, the, the nav exactly right um but yes Aussie, Aussie. so that uh, brings our preview to a close when uh, we'll take a quick break and when we'll be back it is best betting propositions it is maddie's it is our lays slash winners we'll be back okay we are back with our betfair best Betting propositions for Hyperion Stakes Day. The Perth Racing Guru, what is your bet fair best? Uh, they're both a bit short. The two I like are Super Session and Catalpa. So let's put them together and get, well, once we get our Super Session drift, get about seven bucks All right. with our Super Session drift. Super Session was my bet fair best as well. So, Terry, Super Session into Catalpa? Bang, bang. Bang, bang. Okay. Very good. Super Session is my bet, fair best. What about Maddie for the punters? Maddie, well, I'm going to want to go with one I actually quite like. Ginger Green is $20 with one agency. Um, as I said at the moment, I've got Ginger Green $9 and Star Alliance seven fifty. So, that last race, I'm going to hunt a bit of value. But the one that's over 20 bucks is Ginger Green, I guess. Okay. Well, in our break, uh, Latham Anderson just called and said that he is Nova Lawrence's favourite. And I just saw it's $26. Did you hear him or was he too busy hiccuping? <laughs> <laughs> burfing, 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 burfing. Uh, Nova Lawrence, $26 presents a value. Uh, Nova Lawrence first up. Um, mad. I like that. Lay? I like that. Um, I all, all of the horses I want to lay are around about that $7 mark. So about $2, bucks, 2 50 a place. Sunny Honey went up $4. But we'll lay them all the place. Race two, Sunny Honey. And then in race six, Trade War. And she's a sweet deal. Your second and third favourites. I think we can lay those for the place as well. Okay. My lay of the day comes up in – oh, I found this really hard. This will probably win. Race five, my lay of the day is Hamika. Ooh. Yeah, taking her on. Taking her on. Oh, dear, right? I think she's under the odds. Yes, but, uh, that's, what I, was, that's yeah, yeah. what I was thinking. Oh, that's all you can do. You just got to beat SP and you basically won, don't you? Oh, yeah, of course. All right. Good punting. got there. Good punting. Episode 168 and 168 and out for now, yeah. we'll call it. Um, How good was Darren? Darren was tremendous, yeah. He's uh, – yeah, I look back at some of our chats we've had with people like Peter All and Simon Miller, two of the ones that come to mind straight away, and, um, yeah, I just thoroughly enjoy them. I just sat back for the majority of that and just listened to you and listened to Darren, mm. and you learn so much, and you just think, what a life. And I think you are so accurate with the book comments as well. Oh. Like, I'd um, – yeah, I'd uh, I'd go and buy it for sure. He's uh, yeah, a cracking man, great speaker, and um, yeah, we're very lucky to have him on. Absolutely, yeah, it was good. And then uh, Brittany is our mastermind. Thanks to Britt and to Scotty Embry, of course. Yeah, thanks to thanks to those two for coming on, and uh, thanks to all of our. Um, 
guests over the journey, yes. in particular, I guess our more more regular ones like uh, Pete Anthony. It's, it's probably the mainstay here, and and Dan Cripps, who's been on um, a, a good number of times. We've appreciated all their uh, uh, input and expertise over the journey. Um, thank you to our sponsors, uh, Market City Meats, um, Mundaring Hotel, <laughs> Butchie's Big Deck, <laughs> um, Mr. Witten, obviously, Witten's Irrigation. Um, with Australian top- Racing's water boy, Bobby Boucher. Yeah, Bobby Boucher. <laughs> what's, the, what's the famous line from that? <laughs> That's some high quality H2O. Yeah, that wasn't the one I was going for, but no, I'm not going to come up with it. Uh, most, uh, the biggest thank you to uh, our producer, Jen. Um, as everyone knows, this is a very lengthy old podcast and she has to sit through it and sift through it. And um, But also, yeah. when we first got started, we were umming and ahhing and then Jen just went and bought all the gear for us, so we had no choice but, yeah. to, but to start recording. So yeah, We knew we had to stop. Press and record on the voice section of your phone. And just recording <laughs> into that, didn't we? So, no, yeah. we got the the proper, uh, yeah, the proper equipment, and it's a uh, it's a semi professional setup semi. to some degree. Semi, yeah. we never yeah. never want to go above that, <laughs> dearie me. But no, Jen's help and um, what she's done for us has been, um, yeah, tremendous over the journey and very underrated. We we try and thank her as much as we can, but it's still probably underrated on that. Um, oh yeah, but just thanks to everyone that's supported us and and we've received a few messages throughout the week um stop calling mum um <laughs> uh, about the show and a few people sound like they actually be sad we're going to be off air for a little while so uh while we're disappointed to be um disappearing for a little while it's i think it's a little freshen up the show the show needs and we both need to come back with that renewed um i don't know maybe vigor um, we'll discuss all that in time. There's plenty to look forward to in that sense. I'm sure that you'll you'll see us both around at the races, and just to you as well, BJ. You've uh, you put up with a lot of my um, whinges, both um, both on air and and off air, and I I actually appreciate that, and I appreciate you as a human being as well. You're um, you're one of the better people I've, I've met um, in my life, and he does have a gun to my head at the moment <laughs> for all those listening. But uh, yeah, I, I think you, I think you're, you're aware of the the appreciation I have for you as a human being. But just in case you're not, I thought I should verbalise that as well. So um, yeah, you're uh, you're a an asset, not just to, to Perth racing, but to to the world. I think in general, <laughs> in a uh, yeah, in a very broad sense. So um, yeah, it's with a with a heavy heart that I don't conclude this show with mm. a, until next week. Um, but one thing that. Um, one thing I believe is, is this is not the end, Jay. <laughs> it's just the beginning. So until next time on the one one. Thanks, mate. Three, two, one. Jackpot. The jackpot. Get out, stakes. That's <laughs> fuck. Wrong. <laughs> 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 Preview time. Stay tuned. Stay tuned throughout the show for info on how you can enter the Mundaring Hotels WI Racing Mastermind. Nah, <laughs> hang on. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> uh, it's, it doesn't get any easier though. Lock, I don't think locking in. Jeez. <laughs> Bella. Sorry. Just I'm so sorry, Bell. Fuck off. <laughs> to answer three questions correctly. Terry. Hey, oh, it's me. Uh, <laughs> oh, dearie me. Just pause two seconds. You guys hungry? Please Tim. don't go. Tim. Don't go. KC. <laughs>
don't go away. Please don't go. Please don't go. go. <laughs> I'm begging you to stay. Hey, hey. Correct. <laughs>